And remember that we are not descended from fearful men. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Five, four, three. The Kellen and Alex Show. Zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The Kellen and Alex Show. The Kellen and Alex Show. Joseph, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. So we're talking uh, Catholics and media. Also some... a little bit of NFL as well in there. Uh, so you currently work for the St. Paul Center um, doing video and was it audio for them? Yeah. Cool. And you graduated from Franciscan 2019? Correct. That is. Okay, cool. I think there was some overlap. We probably were. Yeah, because I was uh, 2020. 2020. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, I, I mean, you see everybody around at some point. Totally. It's like, yeah. you know what? If we were this, if we went to school at any of the same time, we probably walked past past each other at some point. Right. It happened. And you were communications, were you double anything or just I was communications, digital broadcast uh, with a theology minor. Nice. <laughs> I wanted to double with a theology major. I ended up not because the workload would have been pretty high. <laughs> uh, what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why we had that conversation. I was like, are you sure you're okay? You sure? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's no. what I but I also found that, you know, given how much of a people person I am, I learn a lot from the people that I end up being with, whether um, whether things go great and we end up being friends for the rest of our lives or things end horribly. You always learn something from the people you're with. And I found I wanted to make sure that I didn't put so much time into like an insane amount of classwork that I didn't have time to hang out with people because mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted that extra experience because I, I have to put a good amount of time into schoolwork to be able to have the grades that I want because I, I'm i not one of those people who would just be like, oh, I just looked over the study guy and it, it, it happened. I was like, no, I have to study my butt off <laughs> if I, <laughs> I want to get a good grade on this. Yeah, so, yeah, that was cool. That was kind How of long have you been in uh, working for St. Paul Center? Uh, since no. July. Since July. So, okay, cool. Yeah, I graduated in 2019. Um, and then after that point, the situation with New Catholic Generation, which I was a part of beforehand, um, that kind of settled down slash nobody was in the same area anymore. So we weren't able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, went home, was trying to find a job, having more difficulties than I expected. Uh, long story short, came across the St. Paul Center because I had a friend who worked for the Christian Outreach Center, told me about the job. I was like, hey, I'll give this a shot. Um, I had worked with... Dr. Han, a little bit on Franciscan Presents, because when you're a student, you have that volunteer opportunity. I thought it would be good for the resume. Um, uh, and I had class with him before, but I didn't know many other people at that point. But I was like, hey, you know, I'll keep trying to apply for this job. And the job description just fit perfectly. And I was like, you know what? If I don't get this job, like, what what the heck? Nice. <laughs> like, I've been trying other places and really close calls and other ones, and just for unbeknown reasons, didn't work out. So I was like, if I don't get this job, <laughs> we're going to have some issues. No. Yeah. Um, so but, for yeah. people who don't know, how would you describe the, the St. Paul Center? Like what they do? Yeah. So the St. Paul Center essentially uh, is trying to educate more people on scriptural literacy, not just, um, oh, know these different facts about the Bible, but trying to go more in depth about like, hey, this is what happens in the Bible. This is what you know. And here's the thing you don't know that and drawing you deeper into it. Um, or as Dr. Han likes to say, um, the old revealing the new, Mm -hmm. um, specifically St. Augustine's quote, (laughs) 
the old is re- uh, yeah. <laughs> old is revealed in the new, and the new hidden in the old, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I, I should know this. Yeah. <laughs> if if somebody I Doctor Hahn, if you're listening, yeah. do not if, fire Joe. <laughs> somebody I if somebody I work with sees this, they're just gonna be like, they're probably right now just being like, old is revealed, and saying it's just like, why don't you remember this? Actually, they're not like that at all. They're great people to work with. <laughs> <laughs> they are but, great people to work with. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, I, I I enjoy working with everybody that I've That's great. been working with so far. Um, but there might be a like, you've heard this a million times. So it's like, yes, I know. But like, I'm forgetting right now. So. Yeah. Oh, man. When did you have an inspiration for media, Joe? Like growing mm. up? <laughs> wow, that was a long time ago. That's going to be almost eight, nine years ago. Um, I was 15 years old. And I, I was confirmed a year early than most people typically are in my diocese. I had a personal conversion kind of around 12 where I was like, beforehand I was Catholic, but I didn't really like care about it. But then like once I, just before I got into my teen years, which is probably a very good time as opposed to waiting to after that. uh, But like around 12 is when I started to actually care about what I believed, got into it more. And um, around 14, 15, I really felt like I needed to be doing something else with my life that I wasn't currently doing. And it was kind of just bugging me. So I kept thinking, thinking a lot. I'm an overthinker as it is. Um, So I was just, this was just bugging me. So I overthought and, you know, also prayed. And I had seen a few things, um, seen other little bits of Catholic media, like Lighthouse Catholic media and just other small things. And I was like, you know what? Like people do like YouTube. And I'd seen a couple like, just young people trying their hand at Catholic YouTube. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. And it was really pathetic at first because it was <laughs> me just sitting in front of my kitchen table in my the house I grew up in, um, just almost reading off this script that I had written because I kind of liked apologetics because that's what started getting me like, oh, wait, this is why like this is true, right? And that really excited me. Uh, and I saw not just for the sake of excitement, but I saw a lot of beauty in the church. The first time I saw such beauty in the church was when I saw why it was true, Mm. you know? And so I kind of wanted to just try and share that. And it wasn't the greatest start, but it, I did what I could with what I had. And that's how you have to start sometimes. And it's okay. If you start there, you just don't want to stay there because quality in media is extremely important. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. just kind of tried to grow from there. When I was 15 is kind of when it, when it started grew from there. Um, was doing my own stuff for a while and then uh, went to college for it and graduated. Now I'm doing it for a living, just behind the scenes instead of in front of the camera, which I'm cool with. That's awesome. <laughs> you couldn't ask for like a better group to be with like St. Paul Center. You know, I think yeah. they're, the, the mission stuff they're doing is, is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely a different mission than what I was doing beforehand. So when I was with New Catholic Generation, it was much more focused on like youth evangelization, uh, specifically other people around the same age range as yourself that you're talking to. This has still a beautiful mission, but it's a different one where it right. focuses a lot more on, uh, there, there's a huge mission to priests, which is extremely important because like priests are the ones who uh, influence their regular diocese uh, or their churches, diocese, etc. cetera. Uh, so different mission, but still a very good mission. It's still a very important one. What do you think of the state of Catholic media today? <laughs> like, I'm thinking there's, there's so many avenues to take on this. Um, I'm thinking like the YouTube scene, where you got people like Frad and Taylor Marshall and a number of, you know, 
extremely traditionalist, somewhere in the middle, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, maybe more generally Christian cinema, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you think we're at, <laughs> basically? Uh, well, there's, that's that's such a large can of worms. Yeah. And there's so many different places you could go with it. You could go as far as like specific quality of the is the quality of the media, not just what they're talking about, but how it's being presented. Is that on the level of, say, secular media? Um, and then you could go on the lines of, okay, as far as what they're talking about, are they being too extreme or not extreme enough? Like, what's the situation there? Like, what do you rec- like? So there, there are a few different ways you can go towards it. I think as far as quality goes, Catholic media generally is fairly behind. Oh, definitely. I'd agree. I I was talking about this with a friend of mine. Except for the Kellen Alex show. (laughs) Except for the Kellen Alex show. And for the Chosen. And the Chosen. Actually, I have started. I recently started watching The Chosen. The Chosen is unbelievable, people. You have to watch it. Yes. It really is stunning. You have to watch it. The interesting thing, because Dallas Jenkins, the producer, uh, director of it, I back when he made the movie Resurrection of Gavin Stone. We reviewed that for the New Catholic Generation YouTube channel. He saw it, found it, and then we ended up interviewing him on our channel about that specific movie long before The Chosen happened. Uh, The movie was good. It didn't blow us away, but it was like a decent movie. And I'm sad that it didn't do as well um, in the box office. And that's the movie, not The Chosen, right? Right, right. The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, it didn't have anything to do with scripture. um, Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so... That, it was a good movie, but it also didn't blow away uh, f- for typical viewers. But we did like it. Uh, but it was interesting. With that movie, we reviewed the trailer for it, which is the reaction he ended up seeing. But when we reviewed the trailer, we were kind of like, eh, I don't know. And then one of the people on the panel was kind of like, mm, I don't know. like, eh, I don't know if this is going to be good because of this particular scene. But it was kinda, ended up just being a misunderstanding. But when we watched the movie, we liked the movie much better than the trailer. Hmm. Similarly, when I was home for a year before I came back up here, you know, after graduating, um, I remember I was in my house and my mom was like, hey, have you heard of this thing like The Chosen? I was like, yeah, I've heard a, I've heard a little bit about it. And uh, she's like, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. And we watched one of the scenes from it. I think it was the woman at the well mm-hmm. scene. And That was a great one. See, I just watched that episode and I agree that it's a good episode, but when we were just taking that one clip. There was there were some parts of that clip that, out of context of the rest of not only yeah. the episode but the rest of the Chosen, series of what yeah. you've seen, you could be like, ah, I don't I, I don't know where they're going with this. They you you could interpret this this way. This is making me a little bit nervous. Um, but when you watch the actual whole thing, it's um, amazing, <laughs> right? Because funny story, my, my mom was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And later after I moved up here, she asked me about it again. I was like, well, Dr. Han really likes it. He talks a lot about it. Um, and she was like, oh, okay, I might like try and watching it. And she like texted me like a week later. She's like, I started watching Chosen. I was like, okay. And, and she's like, I can't stop. Watching uh, right. It. I, like like that like, was us too. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> Who are you and what have you done with my mother? You were so <laughs> against this because of the scene, the couple scenes you saw. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, this is the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And so she kept bugging me to watch it. And then I recently got a spiritual director and he's like, have you watched this show? Eventually oh, it's like, so okay, good. Gonna, it impacts it, like so. everything, everything. It's it so is good. truly amazing. I it really is. I haven't fallen in love is. with it yet, but I've fallen in like with it. And I'm in like the middle of season one. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you have to, you have to watch the rest of it because it just keeps getting better and better. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. The point I was trying to get to before that I totally went off on a tangent on is that (laughs) 
at least for the couple things that I've seen from Dallas, like the, the previews for it might be like, I'm not sure if I want to see that. But once you actually get to it, he has some, he, he does good work. Yeah. And it's on biblical stuff. Is it the gospels? Chosen? The chosen. The yeah. chosen. Okay. Yeah. Where does yeah. it start? Which what? episode? Uh, episode. I should know this because I'm most recent. Hold on a second. The very, isn't the very beginning. Oh, it Peter? was with, um, with Mary no, 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 it was with Mary, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. Oh, yeah, that's right. what it was. Mary Magdalene's just oh, insane. My she, like, she's completely overtaken by demons. Demons, yeah. And Nicodemus, oh, I should, Nicodemus comes in the high You're priest. Not ruin it. I've read the Gospels. <laughs> 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 Mary Magdalene. Nicodemus <laughs> comes in. And he's, he's just like trying to <laughs> save her. And she just like with blood on her mouth goes, You have no power here, priest. And it's like, Whoa, they stole from uh, Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Joe Rogan. Basically, we also just finished watching wait, wait, the Lord no, of the Rings. Wait, she doesn't say you have no power here. She? I don't think it's so specific. Oh, please. Words, oh, that'd be so we funny. just yes, finished watching the no Lord of the Rings. She does. She has, you have no power here, preacher. That's what she Something says. Something like that. Oh, we also just says. finished watching the Lord sure of the Rings. I was like an abbreviation of it. No, that's what she says. Okay, you're like Nicodemus. Yeah. You're just like... Maybe it's just because I've seen so many like really poorly done uh, Bible yeah. stuff that I'm just like. That's how I felt about Bible it too. Stuff, Christian cinema in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. No, yeah. but that's how I felt too. But I mean, like I, I would definitely agree with just like yeah, Catholic media and stuff like that. Like sometimes we're so passionate about like for example, I'm studying theology and communications, right? And so you know, if you're so passionate about theology, you know, for example, like how, how I am, it can be so easy to be focused on like learning that. And not necessarily learning how to properly communicate it. That's why I'm doing a double major because I want to learn enough about the faith and then learn how to properly communicate it. Hopefully I could do so, even though we can maybe talk about this. The communications program is very outdated. Um, outdated? Oh, yes. Are you kidding me? No, it's very outdated. It's not outdated. No comment. Um, but, um, and... And like it's great, but um, but I think that's where it, the problem lies. But then that's the the thing. It's kind of like everybody gets this idea that you know Catholic um, media and whatever else is just so like it's just not enough. So when you have something like the Chosen, everyone's like ah, you know, like it's another you know Catholic attempt or Christian attempt. And like, but no, it's like phenomenal. And I really hope that this kind of starts like a new step, you know, because like and they're they're also doing it. It's almost like a nonprofit, right? It's all by donations and it's all donations. Um, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. like the fact that they're Amazing. even able to pull this off and yeah. to and make this happen is just insane. Like I would have to talk to my parents more about like the actual details behind it, but the fact that it's even being made and how great it is, just mind blowing. I it's think so one good. of the biggest reasons that the chosen is working right now and granted, I've only seen about halfway through season one, but what I am noticing so far is that what the chosen seems to be doing is taking the story of scripture and having that be the main story and saying, okay, how can we make our story fit this story, yeah. not the other way around. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem with something yeah, like... Um, it's a good point. Uh, Pure Flix had the movie on um, Samson. I don't mm -hmm. know if you guys saw that one, mm -hmm. but I didn't like it. It kind of had a 21st century like mentality behind mm -hmm. the behind Delilah and her being like, oh, she's actually this really like nice person. It's like, no, the, like in that... Wait, what? <laughs> You're trying to make Delilah a nice person? Yeah, kind of this... Um, this yeah, as somebody that had like good intentions but then was kind of like pressured into doing them didn't know what she wanted to oh. do was actually you know mm -hmm. okay. uh, kind of this 21st That's century <laughs> mindset the problem with that is that in the old testament like there it's centuries and centuries and centuries ago like 
the mentality of people there, the culture there is so completely different. You're implying a 21st century mentality oh, of like, right. oh, anybody can marry anybody in any different culture. And like in our days, like that's that's cool, that's different. But at that time, the Lord specifically commanded, hey, don't marry pagans because this is going to be a problem. <laughs> if you're implying a 21st century mentality onto this time, you're saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, God said this, but like, eh, it's it's fine. No. It's fine. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Pump the brakes back up. So I didn't particularly care for that movie, but it also felt like, again, that was the, that was a story they wanted to tell. And they just kind of made scripture fit towards it in some of those ways. Yeah, which I feel is, like the chosen is a little bit of the oh, other it's, way around. Oh, I definitely agree. It's it's completely the other way around because it really like shows how it is. But then it also shows like my probably my favorite part of it is it shows how real the people are. Mm-hmm. And like it shows how they really interacted with each other. And like, you know, like, you know, again, being in theology and stuff like that, like I'm kind of like, hmm, I wonder if that actually happened. But like it's like the important stuff is on point. But, you know, it's really interesting to see how they how their take on it and like yeah it's it's really like captivating and um you could kind of see your story in it rather than trying to make it fit mm-hmm. and so it's attractive to us but no it's just like the story as itself like the scriptures especially the gospels are so captivating as they are and so just to properly like illustrate them mm-hmm. like they do such a good job of it and like everyone's falling in love with it because it's like we don't honestly know how to see Jesus or like those times you know that well because we weren't living during those times but because it gives such a picture of it and like what it was like oh, it's just like, it's phenomenal. And you could kind of have more of a deeper relationship with the Lord and kind of like when you're in mass, like reading the gospels, you're kind of like, I remember this happening, you know, because it's almost like you experience it with them, which yeah. is just awesome. It's so good. Yeah. So how do you stream on? Um, so they have, so yeah. they're no, they're no longer oh. streaming it through YouTube, but they have an app, um, which it's just called like the, the chosen, chosen app. Um, the app. So whoever's listening to this, highly recommend. Um, but I think you can look it up online and it should get more details about it. But yeah, it's the chosen app. Um, they're now streaming it and they've got a lot of platforms and like easy ways to stream it to like, you know, like your TV or whatever. I'm going to maintain my skepticism, but I do want to watch it. <laughs> you really should. <laughs> it's like any, any I scriptural. I actually respect that though. I you know, totally respect that. So what was that movie? Uh, Paul the Apostle or something like that? Oh, the Paul oh, movie yeah. with Jim yeah. Caviezel as Luke. Paul yeah. the Apostle. I thought you that think was actually that? a pretty good movie. I thought it was, well. yeah, I thought it was yeah. good. I actually did But also when it. I was watching yeah, it, I was like, it, I there was like a number of things I was, I don't know. I'm just so critical. <laughs> I mean, That's fair. I'm one, I'm one of those book readers who, you know. <laughs> I think it's fair though. I think it's fair because especially as us Catholics, I think that whenever some big Catholic movie comes out, we're more critical towards it because we want it to be Right, the best that it can be. However, we still have that realization that that Catholic media is just not on the level mm-hmm. of secular media. I have a theory. Oh, um, <clears throat> I think the reason why Catholic media is not at that level is because the world doesn't want to hear truth, and the world will. And it's not saying that secular media doesn't portray truth. Not all, of, all of it doesn't. You know what I mean? Not all of it. But I think that the world doesn't want to hear pure truth because they want it to fit their desires, their wants. So we create things that please them instead of creating Catholic works that propose difficulties Mm -hmm. to people watching it. Yeah. Propose challenges. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's kind of like, 
with, you know, for example, like God's not dead or, <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. Yeah. So you have those type of movies. I didn't and think it was that bad. I mean, okay. I didn't think it was that bad. I it wasn't. It was which one? I, I think I only saw the first one. Really? So like. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, but. it's not horrible, but for like being top notch, like actually being like a good movie, I think where they struggled is like, you know, so um, like it was almost too much of a ministry sort of mindset and they're like oh my gosh let's try to evangelize to people but then it just like it antagonized like atheists and all this which granted like whatever but um but it it, it just tried again too hard to be like a ministry rather than just like make a film about so, what's true and you know and not worry like you said not worry about how people are going to take it you know um and but i think it's like not only are, are we worried about um like portraying the truth because not many people want to actually hear it. I think another worry is like, yeah, so trying to fit the standards of what we think other people have. But it's also just like, and Joseph, I'm sure you can attest to this, that like they also just don't have the skills. Like those mm. people who are in the Catholic media are just really not qualified. They're usually the people who are like, hey, I love the faith. And so let's try and get it out there. So let's make a movie instead of like, I'm really skilled in communications and I'm really good at making movies. So I'm going to try and make a Catholic movie if that makes mm. any sense. So no. it's kind of like there's they're good Catholics wanting to get the word out there and the like, movies or, you know, media or different things can do that. But it's kind of like if I were to be a theology major and maybe, you know, a little bit about, you know, the media and tried to get it that way instead of like being a major in communications and learning about theology, be like, hey, let me take this skill and, you know, put theology with it if that so makes any sense. So taking a particular movie. So you said God is dead, <clears throat> which I did not see. God's not uh, dead. God's not yeah, God's dead. Not dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Nietzschean <laughs> fall <laughs> <laughs> the, the beyond good and evil version. Oh my you know, gosh. The reply. Uh, we'll make that. that. That'll be fun. Uh, oh <laughs> God is not dead. So I've not seen the movie, but uh, your reaction to... Uh, uh, so no if bad. you had to like in detail explain... Well, reaction why, to... Uh, maybe, would you say it's the pinnacle of bad Christian movies? Ooh. Which movie? That's hard to say. That's Which one? The first it's, one or the second? Is there a rival to that? Se- okay, great. And, and what okay. is it about it? I have not seen the first one. I've seen the second one. Oh, oh really? the first the one's was, good. The second one was utter trash. It was. <laughs> it really was. Because I hadn't seen the first one, I I was the only person on the panel discussion that I first reviewed it with that went in with some sort of hope. Everybody else was kind of like, oh, I don't think this is going to be good. I went in being like, Hey, I haven't seen the first one. Maybe people are exaggerating a little bit. Maybe there's some good things I can find about. Didn't it. I go to that panel discussion? When was it? Where no, was it? I don't it? think you were at that that panel discussion. I went to something that you were on. Anyways, okay. continue. Anyway. <laughs> I went in being like, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be good or not. Maybe it probably won't be great, but like maybe it's not as bad as people say. It was utter trash. <laughs> it really was. And Dang, that's so every, sad. It, it just okay, especially the second Sometimes, one. Yeah, ju- let's just let's just talk about introducing a movie, right? And getting you to because introducing a movie, you need to get people to say, "Hey, why should I care about these characters?" Yeah, yeah. Right? They didn't do that. They At started all. with some like quippy, um, with, with some quippy jabs at atheists that, and then portraying themselves as these really, really holy people. That I'm just like. Okay, I'm already rubbed the wrong way. Also, I don't even have a reason to care about these characters to start with. So, like, <laughs> That's, moving, on, moving on. Was yeah. it? Was Let's it? Continue going. Was it cringy? Um, it was so cringy. Uh, it was so oh, no. cringy. The only no. thing. The only thing good about. Okay, not the only thing, but one of the only thing good things good about that movie is one of the one of my friends to this day, Ned, who I reviewed that movie with, hated it more than I did, and I hated it. 
But like the fact that I could just laugh at his pain was so therapeutic for me and helped me to get through it. See, like nice. he he's more he taught me as he was one of the people that kind of got me into being a film critic, almost taught me into what things to look for. For instance, as a kid, I liked watching Cars 2. And then he was like, Cars 2 is a bad movie. And I was like, just like and I was like, what? Really? And then I went back and watched it and I was like, Oh, yeah. I get it. You yep. know, those aha moments. And I kind of, through doing stuff there, figured out those aha yep. moments, like what you need to look for. Um, so, like, anyway, like, I was watching it with him, and it, it just bothered him even more than it did me, which at first I wouldn't think possible, but it did. And so, like, <laughs> I just got to, like, we just got to, like. I what got to like, what hey, were the particular hey, things hey, that hey, were, man. like, bothering, that made it cringy, that. Um, well, so for, you have for the one, jabs, it's full of straw men. Like to, oh okay. What was so? Uh, what did you say? It, straw man. It, the arguments are are very straw man. Uh, and I, from what I've heard, it's worse than the first movie as far as straw man arguments. Um, and the problem with that is, which is side note, kind of one of the reasons I like Dallas doing the chosen as a TV show as opposed to a movie. Because in a movie, there's like two three hours that you can fit, whereas a TV show you can fit more. Hmm. Something like this, if you were to make it good, could potentially work in a TV show setting because you have more time a to develop not just characters, uh, but also plots that go into so much depth that depth that people have written so much about over the centuries mm-hmm. that to to just give some quick like um, basic atheist arguments that aren't really that great and give some kind of not in depth but slightly better arguments for Christianity seems like just a slap in the face. I mean, so at that point, what are you doing? What's the point of what you're doing? Mm. If you're just creating straw men, it's just like, okay, yeah. it's like pandering to the Christian audience. Cause it almost yeah. like does the opposite that. effect yeah. where you're, it puts us down our ability to, you know, you're not, yeah. first off, you're not going to get any atheist being like, huh, I never, you know, I never thought of things like that. Maybe I should like, you know, you're not going to get atheists nope. to be like, Oh, this is a good movie. Right. Uh, on top of that, you're probably just going to insult them. Cause you're just, they're just going to be like, the heck yeah if you literally just flip it the other way around if atheists made a movie like that about christians the christian world would be outraged Uh completely outraged i wouldn't want to be on social media around some of the people i know if atheists made a movie like that about christians right and they because they'd be saying the main thing they'd be saying (laughs) the main thing they'd be saying is this isn't what we believe. This is a poor argument. Like this didn't go into depth. And just about show we're that we're about. weak. It's the basically. exact same way for atheism. Mm-hmm. The exact same way. It's the opposite of Thomas Aquinas. I didn't. I haven't read a lot of Thomas Aquinas. I've read some, but I also hang out at the St. Paul Center. So there's <laughs> they've that. read a lot. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. But the great thing about Thomas Aquinas and the way he structures his arguments is he'll present an argument, and then sometimes he'll add to that argument, saying this is that he disagrees with, and saying. This is the logic for this. And then sometimes gives it a boost up and makes it better than it was before. Yeah. And then he yep. takes that and then he knocks it down. It's kind of like my dad growing up. I, I didn't get into many fights when I was a kid. Um, but my dad <laughs> my my dad had when he was a kid. Uh, and he's like, hey, like if, if, if like there's a group of guys and they come after you, like hit, get the leader. Whoever, like, the leader, because he told me this story about when he was a kid, like, there was this group of guys that was giving him a hard time and kind of wanted to mess with them or whatever, and he ended up fighting somebody, but he made sure it was the leader. Got him on, hit him on the ground, and the rest of them left him alone. It's kind of the same way almost in uh, apologetics, but, like, in a less violent way. <laughs> uh, far less violent and more completely focused with charity and love for the other person. Yes. Um, no analogy is perfect. But the point is, like, as far as the argument goes... Hit the strongest argument, and then they'll have other arguments after that. But once their strongest one is gone, it's like, 
oh, there's almost a little bit of softening there, provided you deliver it right. Yeah. And God's Not Dead is antithetical to Thomas Aquinas. It's antithetical to evangelization. It is one of the worst Christian movies I've seen. Yeah. I also sure. really didn't like Silence, which quality-wise had a, was great cinematography. Ooh, we got to talk about Silence, yeah. But I, because of how things turned out, especially in the second half, it was so disappointing because I wanted that movie to be good so bad. I went in with such hope because I loved the trailer. And then I, yeah. Have you guys seen Silence? Uh, I haven't. No. Okay. What's that one Silence. about? I've seen it. I okay. yeah, my whole family. Well, my my parents and then my two brothers went um, saw it in a nice theater. And man, afterwards, well, I'm not a, a film critic at all, mm-hmm. right? So afterwards, I walked out and I was like, I'm gonna need time to decompress from that <laughs> one because it was it was really 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 intense. The premise is um, uh, two Jesuit priests go to Japan. Oh, which is oh, at the time. wait a minute, the one where they get crucified at the end, right? Uh, there, there are a couple. There's some crucifixions. Yeah, I thought well, there Liam was. Yeah. yeah, the very beginning when and they Andrew get on Robert land, Lynch. they make the sign of the cross, right, and the people understand because they don't speak their language, right, when they're in that cave or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so for yeah, me yeah, and anybody else who has no I, idea, I have seen. Anyways, the movie. I'll give I have this, seen the movie. So it's based on uh, Suzuki Endo. Is his name the the remember. the novelist? So he wrote a novel, and then um, but it's the main the guy from. Um, Scorsese. Yeah. The main the main character is the guy from Star Wars, right? Temptations of Christ, I think. But the main guy is from the main Jesuit is the guy from Star Wars, yeah, right? Mason, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Anyway, okay, the plot, premise of the movie. Plot. I'll get to that. Um, so yeah, Liam Neeson, uh, Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver. Uh, it's a good cast. So True. the premise of the movie is uh, yeah, two Jesuits. It's like the 1500s. Um, they're they're trying to go to Japan, which is uh, persecuting Christians at the time, to find their mentor, uh, the Liam Neeson character. I forget his name, uh, which what his father's name is. But anyways, uh, he's in Japan and they've heard news that he's apostatized and left the faith and they're trying to find him. So they travel to Japan. They meet the Japanese Christians there and eventually uh, they get captured and the Japanese Christians basically get tortured uh, one after another in front of them. And they're trying to get them to um, step on an image of Christ to show that they're Renounce. And to apostatize Renounce. and to yeah. help them find out other Christians. Because yeah. Liam Neeson's character, that priest, their mentor, did that. And, you know, is now helping the Japanese government find uh, Christians. And it's really intense. It gets very gruesome with the, the torture scenes. And it, Yeah, I remember, I remember that movie. That was gruesome. That was a serious... I remember watching that and I was just like, there's no, there's no break here yeah. in this movie. Like, it's all, it's all like... It feels like it's all chasing down people, hunting down... Hmm. you know, death in intense Christian Christian principles. And it's, it was really intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of have to spoil it a little bit because the ending is like such a big deal. Yeah. So spoiler alert for a few seconds. Um, so the Adam driver priest character, he dies with his people. Um, Andrew Garfield's character is he's getting starved and he's watching the Christians be tortured. And I think it's one gets killed uh, each day that he continues to yeah. um, persist. And so there's this, uh, he's standing in front of the, I think it's called a Fumi, but it's just an image of Christ. And they want him to, just to step on it. You don't have to say anything and have to do anything, just step on the image. And then um, a Scorsese touch, which is not in the, the book, apparently. Um, he has this voice come in his head. 
that basically he's staring at the image of Christ and this voice comes in his head and says the voice of Jesus. Right. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's any way of interpreting it differently unless in that moment you try to say he's going crazy and thinking he's hearing the voice of Jesus. However, that's my problem because later on in the film when he's obviously in his right mind, he has that voice going on again in his head saying that what he did was okay. Continue. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're probably right on that. Um, but it is somewhat open to interpretation as well. There's a voice that comes, and it could be the voice of Christ. That's what Scorsese was intending, who says basically just step on it. And steps on it, and then he um, he's freed. He gets married to a Japanese woman and leaves the priesthood and then is helping the Japanese government, just like the Liam Neeson character. And at the end, you have this uh, scene where the priest... Uh, no, Garupe and Rodrigo. I think it's your name. So I think it's Father Rodrigo. So. He's in this like traditional kind of like Japanese, I think it's Buddhist, like burial something. And then on the inside, uh, the last scene is a close up on his hands and he has them folded and there's a small cross there, mm-hmm. which is also not in the book, <laughs> but it's a Scorsese touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's how it ends. So what? It's really intense. You got to watch it if you haven't. So you you were critical of some yeah, things. Yeah, I was critical mainly because like, here's the thing. Quality, because as far as quality goes, the cinematography, incredible. Yeah. And I love the first half of the movie because the way it showed, portrayed the Japanese Christian faith was incredible. One of the most powerful moments for me was when the priest had a... a just a cross i don't even think it was but just i don't even think it was a crucifix or anything like super special but i think it was just a little cross and gave it to the japanese people and they were all just crowding around it like it was gold literal gold um or if it or as if it was food that and they hadn't eaten for like three months Mm -hmm. like it was so impressive at first to see the way they portrayed the Japanese Christians. And I was really loving this movie at first when I was watching, I was like, wow, like this, this is great. Right. However, just no matter how beautiful a movie is, the message of the movie is slightly more important than the quality. The quality is important. And typically, typically with Catholics, it's like, no, the quality is almost as important as the message. Like you need to get better quality with people in secular media. It's like, no, like, like stop saying quality. And then like your message being off, like the message is actually a little bit more important than the quality. Mm -hmm. So if I'm judging a movie, if I'm trying to judge a movie just according to quality, then you're basically judging half a movie. Like you have to also judge it according to the message. Uh, And the way that they portrayed it at the end, I didn't think, I think that one of the arguments is that they left it up for interpretation. I think given what happens that uh, I don't agree with that arguments uh, overall. Cause I think a first it has the voice essentially not like in his head saying it, but I mean, it is, you could kind of say it was in his head, but it's in the person of Jesus talking saying, Hey, it's okay to do this. It's okay to do this. You should just do it. Uh, this is the right thing to do. Um, when obviously the argument of apostasy is a no brainer, right? It's one of the worst mortal sins you can commit. Like apostasy is wrong. Like there, there's no way around it, right? You, you, you can't under any circumstance commit apostasy. Like that's, that's a mortal sin. Um, like one of the reasons, like the whole thing with Peter and Judas is tragic is Peter actually committed the greater sin than Judas. Cause Peter essentially committed apostasy. 
but he was forgiven. He sought that forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I know. <laughs> crazy. Um, so this isn't some, there's no wiggle room with as far as how you portray it. Like if you're saying that apostasy in some situations is okay, like you're, you're going against the teachings of the church flat out. That's how it is. Um, I think this movie eliminates any possibility of it's up for interpretation, not just with that line in where it has the voice of Jesus saying this to him, but later on in the film, when he's comforting one of the the Christian who originally betrayed him, that got him captured in the first place. That's also there with him. Um, And they're talking and he kind of like is struggling and with what he did or whatever. And the priest is former priest is trying to comfort him. Uh, he has in oh, his head that, the that voice character. of Jesus in his head mm. again, reaffirming him that he's okay when he is obviously in his right mind at this point. So okay, you can't argue, in my opinion, that he was kind of like mentally a little bit off in that moment. Mm. And that's that's why he did what he did. I think with that scene, it eliminates any possibility of that just being a regular tragedy. Because like tragedy is a certain genre of film mm-hmm. and that you could argue that it provided that the moral issue in question is portrayed as not a good thing, but a tragic thing. Like I get that. Um, but given that extra scene of it being like the voice of Christ in his head saying it's okay. Like that second time it puts the nail in the coffin for me. Like you can't okay. do it. Hmm. And then when they have the, even though they have him like in the coffin, like with the cross still again, it, it kind of seems to justify that certain like, Oh yeah, you can like, like there was a situation where like doing this was okay, but you can kind of still believe in your heart. Like the, once you, once you lost the, um, yeah, there's no kind of going back from that because you've already given up on it. Like yeah, you've it, already, you've already lost say, like, it. Both, yeah. both are okay. Yeah. Um, and once you kind of left no room for interpretation on that first one, I can't give you benefit of the doubt for interpretation on the second one. I don't even know where I begin with that. Um, so like, the second one being the um, the cross in the in the coffin. So I just felt with all those things considered, there's there was no way. And a matter of fact, because it's such good quality, when we were rating that film, I gave it an absolute zero. Because even though the quality was great, the quality is so good that it encourages something that's very bad. And it's almost like timesing something by zero. It's something that you had quality 9900 that you multiplied by zero. And that brings it down to a zero. That was my mentality behind it. Something so you- if... Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, Alex. Um, if there were certain indicators, well, okay, so yeah, the voice of Christ and then the scene at the end with the cross mm. seem to indicate that the message is, like you were saying, uh, there's nothing wrong with this, but you can still have a private belief in your heart. Um, do you think they could have redone that to, well, I mean, if they would have not had those things, then I think the message would be a lot less clear. And it could be like, we're not, the message is, this is a bad thing, basically, you know? Mm. Um, when I was watching it, I obviously was like straight up. Yeah. Like straight away, bad thing. Right. Right. And even if I heard like, oh, this is some voice in his head or whatever, I, I still didn't have a, like a certainty. This is Christ when I was watching it. And so I was like, yeah, he's kind of talking to himself in his head. He's, he's starving and he's dying. He's watching people, you know, uh, people die. So he's convinced himself like Liam Neeson did steps on the thing. He takes his wife. And then the scene at the end with the cross, I'm like, Okay, well, it still didn't dismiss the fact that you betrayed all these Christians. Right. And so when I was taking the message. It's a slap in the face to every Christian who's ever, you know, been in that situation and not by saying it's a good thing. Not portraying that it happened, but saying that it's a good thing. How would, so if you were, if you had that scene and you were the director for it and you wanted to portray that this was a bad thing rather than your interpretation of it, it was a good thing. 
that's what they're trying to say in the mm -hmm. message. How would you like re reframe it, redo it? If because that's how the book ends is he apostatized, right? Right. So so right. The thing is, if you're trying to make this a tragedy and you're trying to keep the general events of he apostatizes, yeah, and um, you know that that happens. Like I'm not necessarily opposed to that as a storyline if you're making sure you don't portray that in a positive, in a positive light. light. Yeah. Got it. So for one, voice of Jesus saying it's okay, number one thing has to go. Mm. Bottom line, right? Like that, That's the first thing you change. Uh, as far as like an intricate plot to make sure everything works together, that would take a lot more time and I would want to put like a lot of detailed thought into how that happens. I also haven't read the book. No. Um, so I would want to make, you know, on one hand, you, you want to make it historically accurate. On the other hand, you don't want to portray a, a bad moral idea in a in a film as good. Mm -hmm. uh, so first I'd look at, okay, is it possible to do that while remaining accurate to the story with this film? If not, then I don't make the film. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, or if you're being if you're gonna be like, okay, well I'm gonna kind of base this, it's one of those movies where it's based on a true story, but like 20% of the things are true. And you, you think you can go that route, <clears throat> then you make it again, okay, you there goes America. You you <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Um, in the general premises, you have to make it a actual tragedy where it's like, hey, not only this was a bad thing to do, but this is how this is. These are the bad ways in which it affected this person, which it almost started to do in the film, where he didn't seem like the complete happiest when he was like helping to rat out other Christians. He didn't really seem like super happy. So they kind of started around that lines. And I think that's part of the thing that gave people the confusion of like, oh, maybe this could actually be like a decent thing. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, in the, in the end, um, maybe more of that, again, with more time to think about how that would work script wise and making everything continuity wise, like mesh together, uh, more of that, like showing the, not just that it's a sin, but the effects of sin. Hmm. Random question. And I don't know how to formulate this because I'm just thinking it, but um, I don't know. I would just like to hear thoughts on like how the media can improve. Like for example, I mean, granted, we've made a good step with The Chosen, mm -hmm. right? And that's one of the more recent things. So hopefully that'll kind of have a good impact in like other Catholic or Christian like media creators. Mm -hmm. um, can like learn off of that. Um, but what would you like, what would you advise for those who are in the media or creating, you know, these films or whatever else, like that is necessary because like, like what should be their goal? Again, like obviously it's about the message, but it's also about the quality, which like a lot of times I feel like, you know, Christian and Catholic uh, creators don't necessarily focus on as much because right. they're they're always like, oh, well, it's obviously, you know, we have to portray a certain message, so let's make sure we get this message across, but then they just forget about, like, quality, and if there's no quality there, then what's the point of even making it? Right. Because then it's gonna, like, you know, for the God's Not Dead, for example, if anything, it almost put Christianity down because yes. it showed that we were weak and, like, weren't able to, like, stand up for our faith, and also because it's obviously created by Christian, you know, people, it kind of puts us them down as well and just like their inability to it's kind of like the stereotypical like homeschooler thing right where they're like oh homeschoolers don't know how to talk to anybody you know but it's like if you consistently keep having homeschoolers who don't even know how to talk to anybody right. else other than their mother then like obviously it's gonna skip yeah and it's shut up and so <laughs> um and so it's like what you know what should be expected 
you know, and I think I kind of answered my own question, but just kind of like your own thoughts of just like how to drive out that quality right. and like getting a good message across. Yeah. So I think the that's a good question. I think the first thing kind of touches on what you were what you were talking about is that people don't focus on it. If it isn't your goal, because quality quality media isn't easy, or else mm-hmm. everybody would be doing it, right? Yeah. So if if you don't focus on making that happen, you're not going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I've heard most from whether it's um, people trying to give me advice on media when I was first starting off, or whether it was uh, other people in Catholic media. One of the most common things I've heard is, you know, as long as you got the message right, like everything else doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Now, I think there are certain situations where that's an okay mentality. For instance, again, starting off, right? When you're starting off and maybe you don't have money, you don't have equipment to be able to make stuff happen. Mm -hmm. Like um, you just- You can just rip off America by this (laughs) point. It's falling down. I have an American flag with a very crappy tape uh, for people who are listening to this audio. I told you just get duct tape. Where's <laughs> yeah. the duct tape? Way to go, Paul. Do it. Right over my shoulders. Anyways, like an Olympic um, athlete. Um, yes. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Sorry, we but, interrupted. But yeah, I think uh, one of the most impactful things for me it's has... Yeah, uh, one of the most impactful things for me has been hearing how many people have told me, you know, as long as you got like the, the message is good, like it's mm-hmm. okay. And again, I think there are situations where that does apply. Um, but when you have the, not only when you have the ability to make it better, but like, if you're not focusing on how you can make it better, then you're doing it, then you're doing a disservice, mm-hmm. um, both to yourself and to Catholic media. Yeah. Um, totally. Cause in the end, media has almost in a sense taken over the world mm-hmm. in, in, the, mm-hmm. in its influence being so incredibly high. And part of the reason is secular media continues to up that quality and not just in, oh, this is a good looking shot, but they know almost psychologically what to do to get people's attention and to keep people's attention. Oh, definitely. And if we're not trying to up our game and we just keep having random videos that aren't, you know, don't have something that's keeping people hooked, like focusing on the specifically on the quality part mm-hmm. of things then we're going to we're going to miss out and like in the end are you are you going to be so adamant about doing the things you, the way you want to do them or the way that they should be done not yeah. as far as message but as far as quality because i think there's a lot of pride in that and what i would compare this to is is something cuz a lot of times i hear this kind of um argument from people oddly enough who are very uh traditional in a lot of ways um and if that's the case, especially if that's the case, I'd flip this uh, to an analogy they'd probably appreciate. Uh, and that is, I don't know how you guys feel about this, so maybe I'm jumping into um, dangerous waters here, but <laughs> we've got a lot of ugly churches in this country. Here, here. Here, here. Um, <laughs> Point okay. of order. Here, here. <laughs> um, fl- frankly, ugly looking churches. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of liturgical abuses in a lot of churches. I've seen them. Uh, I've heard homilies that specifically say certain things that are, you know, actually against church teaching Um, or at bare minimum implying such and not willing to give proper clarification for Mm -hmm. said things. Um, And with all of these things, a common argument that some people have said is like, you know what, as long as the Eucharist is there, as long as the mass is there, then like, then like it's okay. And it's like, Yes, yes, but, but no. also very much no. Yeah. Because yes, the Eucharist is there. And yes, sure, it's a valid mass. And yes, sure, like we should not let ourselves be so disgruntled that when we have received the Eucharist, we don't absolutely cherish it. 
those points granted. But when that is the king of kings and lord of lords, the person you love with all of your heart, mm-hmm. you don't just give them crap. Yeah. You don't just say, hey, like, here's the, the lower quality thing we have or something that's that less focuses on the majesty of God because we want to focus on uh, the people around us because community seems to be emphasized over these more than the Eucharist, not the community isn't, mm-hmm. isn't important. Um, but like, again, the Eucharist is the most important thing. Us growing closer to God is the most important. And then through that, we get improved community. Um, so in trying to improve community almost above the Eucharist, you still end up getting a lower form of community. Anyway, sorry for the slight tangent, but the point is a lot of people who would agree with us of what we're talking about here is like, no, like you want to go out like the, the best quality chalice possible to hold the precious blood of Christ, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the best vestments, the, the, you know, making renovations on the church to make sure that everything looks incredible, looks mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, like that is you know, giving all of the best that we have to Christ. Yeah. And just like in the story of Genesis, when Cain offers fruit and Abel offers uh, the, best his, the best of his flock, it's not that Cain offering fruit was evil. It's that he didn't offer the best of his produce, right? Mm-hmm. That was the problem. And that's essentially what a lot of people in the church are doing today. Mm-hmm. Point is, if that's true with the Eucharist, right? The message, the truth of Christ, because God is all that is true. Mm-hmm. If we have that, we firmly believe that, then we want to give it the best opportunity when we're putting it out there. We want to give it the equivalent of almost like the golden chalice mm-hmm. at mass, but for the message of the, the message of the truth. Uh, so we can't, as Catholics, have this mentality of, oh, as long as the message is okay. Yes, but also no. We have to give we have to give truth the best avenue because the devil is giving lies the best possible psychological mm-hmm. edge that it has. And if we are, when just as when sin abounds, God allows grace abound, God allows grace to abound all the more. We in Catholic media have to see, hey, like sin is abounding in the media. We have mm-hmm. to like not that not that fixing everything is on us, but we have to give all that we have and try the best that we can, let God take care of the rest. But we have to give that one, the how I compare um, slight tangent, but I promise it's related. Uh, when you think about like, oh, I'm supposed to give Christ everything I have, but like he's the one responsible. And how do I, how do I, how do I look at this? Like say the percentage of everything that's happened is a hundred percent. God is 99% of that. You're 1%, but you're 1% is your free will saying yes to it. And it's a hundred percent of yourself. Your the hundred percent of yourself is the 1%. But without that, there's no hundred percent. There's none of the rest of everything. God won't work without your consent. Yeah. So uh, in relation to this with media, we have to, we have to give our all to it and then let God be the one who converts hearts, obviously. But we have to give the, we have to have the mentality of, I want this quality, mm-hmm. you know, because I truly care about people. Um, and that doesn't involve just giving the truth. That involves the chalice. That involves quality and media. So I guess a question kind of going off of that that I still have is like, you know, unfortunately, like you said, there's a lot of sin that's in the media. And like the media literally, I mean, like mm-hmm. I wouldn't say like it doesn't have any effect or like it has some effect, but it's like it does control everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could go on a tangent about that, but I won't. Mm-hmm. Um but what would you say? Because unfortunately, like there's so much sin and there's so many lies in the media. Like, what would you say in regards to like, you know, what is seen as truth and what is seen as attractive? Right. Because a lot of times, unfortunately, why, you know, um, 
media is so good at what it does, like secular media is so good at what, at what it does is because it knows like what people are attracted to, but it's what they're attracted to in like a sinful sense. And so whether it's like noticing that like in, you know, a film or in, you know, something else, if you have a woman who's like very, very like, you know, whatever, like not like dress poorly is basically what I'm getting at. And like kind of like different immoral things are just kind of like pushing that because they know it'll do the extra step or, you know, how red is very, um, like it's known to be like something that's very captivating and it gets your attention. Right. And so like, you know, if you have more things like that with, you know, whatever it is, like how, you know, and again, maybe it's something I, I need to watch the chosen again and just see like, what is their approach? Because I think they, again, do a very well, good job, but like, what, what do you think those things are to kind of combat how the secular, you know, media does it? Because again, like if we want to create good media, um, and whatever else, like, as a Christian, like we can't go by those things, obviously, because then we're going against right. our morals. Of course. But it's like how, and you know, just your perspective, like how should we best go about um, creating things without having like those right. immoral things, which everyone sees as attractive because the other problem is, is like sometimes sure. people see that like, oh, if I leave this out, then it's cringy or whatever else. Or we try and see that this is, you know, something that the, the, um, secularists do but then it comes out like god's not dead and they like really like and right. like it's just cringy on how much they emphasize like the atheists and stereo you know stereotype them right. and it's just like that was done so poorly you know right. you have it baseline you have to show people what truly they actually want in their hearts because mm -hmm. i think that's the thing with yeah, um, with secular media where they're doing essentially the inverse of that but they're playing off of emotion mm -hmm. right a lot of media is very based off of emotion. So, for instance, with uh, something like something as bad as porn, mm -hmm. right? It's 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 going after people's emotions of what they think they really want. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, they want the the goodness of that in sexual intimacy, like yeah. in, in the way in its true and beautiful form. It's just been disfigured into yeah. something that's hey, this is you know, kind of showing it a way, this is what you want, actually want in a very, in a much more immediate, less patient way, mm -hmm. uh, in a very instantaneous gratification, yeah. which is very much our culture right now. So as Catholic media, what we have to show is what people actually want as opposed to what they think they want, mm -hmm. but in something that's extremely relatable. Relatability, yeah. I think, is very, very key. Um for instance, I might point to in this, and some of this depends on the medium, right? If it's as YouTuber as opposed to Facebook as opposed to cinema, True. Like, there are certain uh, techniques that you would use in one, but maybe not the other. Mm -hmm. um, but if I was to point to say YouTube for an example, um, one place you might point to is Father Mike Schmitz because mm -hmm. he obviously gets like a ton of feedback Coverage, and stuff. Yeah. And even though there's as not as much fancy editing, although I will say that I've noticed Ascension continue to try to make little bits of improvement towards certain parts of their video editing. Um, I would say that what Father Mike does is he tackles specific issues that are very prevalent and relevant in the culture at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually one of the things I tried to start doing a little bit with the St. Paul Center, whereas when I came in, the, they do daily reflections on their YouTube channel. Um, before I got there, the daily reflections were titled Daily Reflection for month, date, year. And I was like, okay. Come on, where's the... That's, yeah. it's like... Where's the oomph, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's like my mom, who's essentially one of the target audiences, was like, 
I don't see that thing, but I want to watch this video. So like one of the things was titles. It's just like, okay, like scripture itself, which is what the St. Paul Center focus on is like showing the beauty in scripture sometimes in our everyday lives. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, like they're taking daily reflections from the scripture. Like what is it that they're talking about that is relevant to certain things? Yeah. And sometimes I get right on those titles and sometimes I don't, but those videos started getting a lot more views once we started changing the title and the thumbnail. Um, so similarly in Catholic media, we have to change, we have to change the the conversation to, oh, here, here's this random cool fact without telling somebody why they want it. This kind of goes full circle to when we were complaining about Christian media earlier mm-hmm. and not knowing how to introduce a story because when you introduce a story you have and characters, you have to say, okay, why should I care about this character? Mm-hmm. If people already know why they care about the topic you're talking about, they're going to want to, they're going to want to listen. Yeah. Right? And so that's part of the reason Father Mike, even though it's baseline some of the editing skills are a little bit more basic um quality wise it's still more up there because they're talking about very specific things that are very relatable to people Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really really good point i don't know if you had something to say about that but going back to like so we use the terms like catholic and secular media and to my mind (laughs) and, and this you know when we think about catholic media i don't think we'd we'd think lord of the rings but to my mind, the story is so deeply Catholic, and it was done by non-Catholics. It is, yeah, right. But of course, Tolkien was, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. Sorry, the movies, I should say, not <laughs> right, the not right, the books. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Um, yeah, and it is so deeply Catholic and massively successful, even among non-Catholics. Yep. And I remember uh, a Chesterton quote. He says, "When you're teaching, uh, people don't learn what you teach; they learn what you assume and what you teach." Right. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're watching the story of the Lord of the Rings, you're not thinking this is Catholic media. I'm being Catholicized. Yeah, but you are. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, everything from, uh, you know, Gandalf saying, you know, uh, to Frodo that, you know, we shouldn't kill Gollum because he has some part to play um, going all the way to the end of the, the, Lord, the, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I mean, uh, I mean the return of the so king, Catholic. you know, when they're up there and like it's kind of towards the end and they don't really have any troops left. He's like, then you see it. White Shores. And beyond, it's talking about heaven. Yeah, and it's like this is this is such a Catholic message. Gandalf <clears throat> is really the one who puts the nail in the coffin. I mean, he has so many quotes that it's just like it's like pure scripture. Yeah, like literally when they're and <laughs> it's pure scripture, dude. <laughs> dude. Like when they're <laughs> literally in scripture, <laughs> yes. when they just get out of the mines of Moria and they need protection in the woods, so they enter the realm of the Lady of the Wood, mm-hmm. who's an elf, and she goes, "Do not let your hearts be troubled." Hello, yeah. that's scripture. <laughs> that's literally from the Bible. Yes. Do not let your hearts be troubled. That's the first thing she says. Yeah. And so it's like, so I feel like we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot in some ways with here's Catholic media, here's Christian media, here's whatever. And just in the sense that once you start branding yourself that way, you know your audience, they know you, they want something, you give it right back to them. Um, but where's like the not, expansion? Where's the, yeah. where's the, where's the expansion? And this is something that I was thinking about was does Catholic media and secular media follow a similar structure? And um, what I'm trying to think about is if they did follow a similar structure, then why wouldn't they be equally prevalent? Because obviously secular media is way more, it's more viewed. It's just overall more yeah. than Catholic media. 
Alex, you say this all the time. As Catholics, we need to be radical. Mm-hmm. Like we're not we're not meant to just be on this earth and be like, oh, you know, we'll tiptoe our way towards the end. It's like but that's not like, what we're here for. So yeah. is that a reason why? Do people not want to hear that? Do, is the secular media all I want you to cater to my feelings? It's not like because Catholic media, you're not really going to get that. They're going to spit truth. Uh, right. And so Catholic ha- media doesn't understand the art behind media. Ooh, but, yeah, great. great Here we go. Yeah, Let's that, hear it. That is something <clears throat> that I think secular media gets far better, even though their idea of art, because they think that beauty is all in the eye of the beholder, where beauty has less relativity than that. Um, but they get the general part about art behind media, whereas Catholic media doesn't. Mm-hmm. Catholic or not just actually, I wouldn't even say cat because some some of Catholic media is actually better than just Christian media. Let's just say Christian media in general. Sure. Is overly blunt, not in the sense of oh they're too mean with the truth, but in just like they don't know how to introduce a topic. No, they they think that uh, or sometimes take artistic risks, thinking like oh yeah let's let's do this like rash thing and let's surprise them, and it's like no that was a stupid decision. <laughs> I love comparing it to this. When I was when I was still a student at Franciscan, um, I played on an intramural flag football team with the Fishers of Men household because I was friends <laughs> with a bunch of them. <laughs> Um, and, uh, at, at, at that time there were some fairly athletic guys and, um, guys with good hands and everything. I'm, I love playing quarterback. I'm a quarterback. Um, and we were playing this one game against this household that will go unnamed, but they were obviously athletically not as, not going to be as, not going to be as good as <laughs> I'm looking at them like, oh, we are going to crush their And you still lost. No, we destroyed them. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> obliterated them. We okay. went up and down the field. Like, and for, it was a PDP. For, for five, like, there, there are no goalposts. Ouch. There are no goalposts. Ouch. There are no goalposts, so it's only two-point conversions after you get the touchdown. And for this one, my friend who's like ran track and is like obnoxiously fast, who was on our, our team, had been a friend of mine for a while. Uh, during that drive, we were like, hey, throw it to me. And I did a few times. And then once we got to the goal line, I was like, I saw an opening. I just ran it in uh, for quarterback sneak for a touchdown. But then we go for the two-point conversion. He's like, Joseph, throw me the ball. Like, this guy can't cover me. And I'm like, okay. like So, like, I, I just kind of, like, look over at the snap. And sometimes when you're playing, like, backyard football, single coverage isn't all – like, in the NFL, single coverage is, like, a gimme almost. Like, depending on the person you're throwing to, how they're just, like – unless there's enough – separation like single coverage isn't always like mm-hmm. a guarantee but like i just i, I get up to the line of the shotgun i just kind of look around and my friend just he, he had lined up over on the right and he is like he could jump higher than him than i can and he's four inches shorter than me like <laughs> crazy hops um but he's like lined up on the right and uh <laughs> this this poor little freshman that's shorter than him the scrawniest legs you'd ever seen lines up opposed to him. And there's no safety there. (laughs) Like there. And I'm like, Oh, I am picking on this child. (laughs) Oh no. And and like, like what happened? And I just, I mean, I just, I just literally hiked the ball. The rush didn't have two seconds to get across the line of scrimmage. Just hike it. I just like, just tossed it up like bare, just general direction. And of course he jumped up and caught it. I was like, wow, that's the easiest thing I've ever done. But like, that's how easy the game was going. Right. But when we were scoring to make it like 30 something and nothing, um, we were going down the other end to, to, to score. And we, again, we were close to the goal line. And by this point, that friend of mine that I talked about, like they were, they started to figure out, Oh, we can't let him catch the ball. Cause he will destroy us. So they were double covering him. Like start from that point, the whole game, which is what I wanted. Cause then I could dictate where single coverage was going to be anyway. So like 
So like at this point, the safety is like all the way on the right hand side. Like, okay, <laughs> we are not letting this guy catch the ball. And in the meantime, a friend of mine, Josh Cash, who's like six foot four, six foot five, who hadn't gone to a lot in the game, but I know he has pretty good hands. He's lined up in the slot on the left-hand side. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't gone to Josh a lot in this game. And like, he has a good height advantage on this guy. Like, I, I feel like he might end up getting open on this play. So I'm already like looking to go over there. And I hike the ball, right? And the corner covering him comes on a corner blitz. Just completely break. I'm looking right at him. And he just comes off of that blitz to come and get me when I'm like looking right in that direction. And this is all back here. For, so this isn't like a coaching call. This is like a, hey, I'm going to like shock value, surprise him, come after him. And he's not going to see it coming. And I'm looking right at him. And so he starts coming after me. And I'm immediately like, <laughs> fine. Because <laughs> he's leaving his guy yeah. wide open, right? So I like draw back to pass. And in the half a second while you're throwing the pass, I'm like, is this a trick? Is there like somebody on the line that drew back is actually mm -hmm. covering him? Uh, like, is there something I'm missing? And I threw a really wobbly pass, but it was accurate and he caught it, it was a touchdown. Uh, but I compare that specific play to people poorly doing art in Christian media. Cause it's like, yeah, let's hit them with this like thing they're not <laughs> expecting, that's, right? That's and it's, great. And it's that's, like, yeah. well, yes, there are artistic risks you can take, mm -hmm. like sending a corner blitz. But have a, maybe a linebacker or something like go into a zone so you try to trick the quarterback into thinking he's open and then don't do it. But if I'm looking right at you, don't come on a corner blitz where I can then just throw it to the guy that you left wide open. <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Christian media essentially does. They send a corner blitz without <laughs> any other help while I'm looking right at their guy and thinking, this is a good idea. No, I promise it's not a good idea. And you will mm -hmm. get eaten alive every time. And some Christian media is getting eaten alive every time. Do you no. think too that this is kind of a, like maybe a bit of a side note, but it's like with with uh, secular media, they know that they're selling lies. They know that like they know the lie and they know they're selling it and they sell it well. But the problem is, is like like you're saying with the whole art, like they let's see make it specific. Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not as familiar. I've with watched that. That's I, great yeah, show. I'm not, I'm not very familiar. With <laughs> yeah. you idiot. I'm kidding. You're an idiot. I've, well, seen, it's, like, it's I've seen, I've seen like certain, I've seen like a couple episodes. It's, it's weird. It's power. A lot of sex. Yeah. There's so much sexual yeah. stuff in that. But so, so okay, yeah. So, so like using you, that for an example. Would you accuse them of like, oh, not accuse, but like, do you think they're intentionally selling lies or do they, do you think that they're thinking this is how reality is? Yeah, and but it's like, but they're, hard, but it's hard to, that's hard to But here, just, just let me finish my point sure. real quick. Cause so like, cause in secular, maybe they don't know that it's necessarily lies, but they've, they've convinced themselves that it's truth. So like, they might not necessarily know this is bad. This is lies. But a lot of times, like, I mean, to the point that I think you brought up is like, we all have truth and we all have law written upon our hearts. We all desire goodness. We all desire truth. And so like we can convince ourselves that other things are truth that really aren't. But I think like the secularists do a really great job of portraying like things that are not true, but they seem to be true. The problem that I think Christians, and maybe this is just a theory, this is my own thought, but I like to hear like what y'all think is like, we know what truth is, but we do a really crappy job of getting it out there. But not only that, it's like, the you know what the secularists believe to be true they're really good at getting that out there and like for us what we believe to be true we're doing really crappy job of getting it out there but it's almost like we tweak what the truth is and getting it out there mm -hmm. so that to reach, it, more. to reach more instead of actually getting the truth out there or maybe we're still confused on what the truth actually is and, you know, and so behind i behind that is fear 
Definitely. It definitely is fear as one who's created, you know, Catholic media myself. And like, I've always been like, oh, this is probably not going to get to people. But it's also like, don't take, like you said, the unnecessary risks that are going to push people off because, you know, that nobody's going to receive that well and it's going to push people further away. But again, I think there's like, if you're going to create something with the truth and goodness, really sit back and be like, what is this actual truth? What truth am I trying to portray? Don't try and butter it up. You know, again, I think The Chosen does a really great job of this because it is truth and they're really being forward about what it's like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, again, like I'm hoping that other Catholic, you know, media creators or Christian will kind of learn off of this. But um, but yeah, I don't know, like your thoughts is like, you know, they do a really good job of getting this across. But sometimes we just butter it up too much or we are too afraid, like you said, of what that truth is. and just lose the art of it and lose like actually portraying that truth. And then it, then it comes off as crap because we're, we're not as confident in what we're trying to portray, which again, I think the seculars, that's their stronger point because they are confident and like, I want to get this across. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we're not as confident because of the fear, I think. Yeah. I think the one thing that I think Christian media does too much, which is something of the social media realm is, uh, looking at criticism and mm-hmm. trying to take and trying to evaluate it, which I think there's a, there's a certain place for that. If somebody mm-hmm. says, Hey, this affected me in this way when you said this, um, or like, I thought that like there there's, we don't want to be opposed to criticism. Mm-hmm. Like, but we also have to look at criticism like, okay, like this person could be wrong on this, but where's the, tr- where is the truth in what they said? Mm-hmm. Like we, in the end we want all things that are true. Like healthy medium sometimes can be confused for lukewarmness. Yeah, Whereas instead definitely. I would compare it to saying, uh, saying, okay, like on this, on this extreme, there are a lot of good things and a lot of bad things on this extreme. There are a lot of good things, and a lot of bad things. Can I take only the good things in here and only the good things in here and put them here? And that's less of a like lukewarmness as I opposed to like, if that's more truth, if that's more wood to the fire, then that's a hotter fire. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that's how I would, um, that's how I think I would say that. But I think the, the fear mm-hmm. aspect is a big part of it because we, we sometimes either people in the church or whatever have taken criticism like, oh, this person was like really hurt when I said this apologetic mm-hmm. thing. Um, and while there might be something that you could learn from that, uh, especially for people who are just frankly too brass or uh, mm-hmm. too like, okay, calm down. Um, think of a better way to say this. Uh, the secular uh, people who aren't say Catholic or even Christian or however you want to phrase it, um, sometimes are maybe by their own fault or not very used to hearing or thinking or seeing people that are so brass that they associate every single attempt to get a different opinion than them, a different opinion as theirs with that same brassness, even if that isn't what's trying to be portrayed or even close to being portrayed. Uh, so I think there's a both and where people who say are more secular need to be like, okay, I, in maybe I, whether my own fault or not, I've been through some trauma, so to speak of this person just being really blunt or obnoxious with me, but I have to make sure I don't associate that same thing with the person who's talking to me right now, who's mm-hmm. actually being, you know, respectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, I think as Catholic Christians, we have to sometimes think, hey, 
like this person might have been through some crap that we have never even like we can't even think to imagine that they that that how they grew up where they are in their lives they just they don't know how to understand this yet and even if i believe everything i'm saying is true i need to understand where they're coming from to to not dilute this but to have a better mentality to it the problem is i think what which is where you're trying to get to is that in our attempt to say okay where are they coming from we get too nervous of like oh i can't do this i can't do that it's not a confidence like hey let's figure out what to do it's a oh i don't want to do this and when it goes from fear when it goes from confidence to fear mm-hmm. that's where we're getting ourselves into problems yeah so it's really just focusing on like having that confidence a lot of learn- it is positive mentality yeah a lot of it. not all of it but i think a lot of it is positive. yeah mentality. and it's like that positive mentality having that confidence but also learning the actual art like you were saying to you know communications or you know to whatever like the media um and yeah just knowing how to get it across well like the quality part of it because right. the quality and the message is important. when's the last time we had actually good catholic movie come out and made box office i mean was it i like the paul movie okay paul I but that like was what paul five movie. years ago oh don't make uh, me feel two old. years ago i was it two years ago i was about to be like hold on how many how many that was my was it my junior year or my senior year I think it was spring no, of it was junior? my junior year. Spring of my junior yeah. year. Why? Because that would have been of my spring of my, year, my Which my was, oh my gosh, wait, one. 2018. Two, wow, We're getting older, Joe. No, I Just know, don't worry. Know, I'm getting old too, I, dude. You know, I got to interview Jim Caviezel for that. <clears throat> really? You're kidding. I'm not kidding. That's How awesome. was that? It's on YouTube. That was that was a cool experience. You got Jim to interview Caviezel him? And, um, Would you just sit down with him and just yeah, interview him? Yeah, uh, because with the whole YouTube thing I had going beforehand and I knew a couple people in Markham because I also worked there part as a student. Um, was able to work with somebody and they helped to get, cause they really appreciate what we were doing. And cause the commerce, anytime the commerce department, kids in the commerce department are doing something like, especially like Dr. Schaefer loves raving about it. Right. Um, uh. and, uh, which always appreciate his support. Uh, but yes. also like, yeah, uh, they, they like to, you know, if they have a chance of students doing something that's different or, you know, whatever they try to help promote that. And so, um, yeah, I got some people to help us to get the chance to interview um, Jim Caviezel and the director. Great guy. I'm so sorry I can't remember his name at the moment. Um, but yeah, we got to interview both of them uh, for the Paul the Apostle of Christ movie. I was worried about it specifically because I just, I didn't really, when I saw the actor of Paul, I, he just didn't seem like Paul to me. I was kind of like, ah, but there was a certain point in the movie where he said something like, oh my gosh, that's him. That's that's Paul. Then my other point was like, ah, am I going to be able to see? Uh, this is the, this is the fastest I've ever been shut down in an argument. Although Jim Caviezel didn't do it in my conversation with him, it was during his panel discussion at the university, I think. Um, but anyway, like before seeing the movie, I was kind of like, I don't know, like I have in my mind like Jim Caviezel, especially like with the hair as like Jesus. Like, how am I going to see him as Luke or whatever? And he mentioned later in the panel discussion after we had interviewed him. That like, yeah, you should see Jesus in Luke because the point of being a Christian is that you see Jesus in everybody and Luke was it. Wow. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I have nothing. I have nothing. Like, <laughs> you got response. me. You got me. Typically I try to think of like, okay, if they say this, like I'm gonna say, I got nothing. I got nothing. But anyway, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that was that was a really cool experience. And I did actually like the Paul movie, although I need to rewatch it because from what I've heard from a script writer, like they didn't introduce, they didn't start that movie. Didn't have a good opening as far as just quality wise, not like content wise, but just like yeah. it didn't, 
bring you into the film properly. I need to rewatch it to see. I think they I started think with like Paul in I thought Rome it was in Luke. chains or something. I thought, oh, I thought it was Luke seeing other Christians being burned, trying to sneak around different parts of Rome. Oh, right. And I think I he was, was trying to get to Paul or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. So I think that's what it was, but I need to rewatch it. But I did overall like that movie. And then I think The Passion of the Christ is still one of my favorite movies, not because it's a good yeah. Christian movie, but in a movie awesome. in general. Oh, that's how you, that that's an example, yes. circling back to silence, of how you can kind of imply certain things but without like saying them which okay. is part which is which is art but like still giving a good message for instance when you know satan is walking by with that demon baby right mm-hmm. and some people might be like oh what the heck is that but like when you're a christian viewer like you see that as like you know the influences well like it, it goes back to genesis right where you will crush like you and your seed will be crushed by her 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 seed right mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you have that and there are a few other implied things that are just artistic but don't portray a bad message or just like let's just do this random weird thing just for no reason like there's basis in all of this there's yeah. depth in it. that's mm-hmm. that's scripture and then if you put that in the movie you don't have to make up your own story the greatest story ever told is already there yeah oh yeah it, it it's a masterpiece for sure yeah passion of the christ it's funny because you know, like we said, the last real good movie that came was Paul, the Apostle of Christ, right? Debatable. But how many secular movies have come out that were like great, like genius after that? There's so many. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Knives Out? What's it called? Knives Out. I haven't seen that. Okay. It has um, um, Chris Evans, I think, as as one of the characters. And then Christopher Plummer, who sounds oh, really? pitches as an old guy. Uh, as one of the, Like, it's... It's rated R mostly because of the vulgarity in it because they use a lot of language. But I think plot-wise, that's a great movie. Knives Out, okay. Sorry, continue. (laughs) No, you're good, you're good. I just, (laughs) it sounds savage, but I just don't see a path forward for Catholic media. It's just like, because it it just seems like we've given all that we've had. Like, why do we, we, okay, we create Paul the Apostle of Christ where we bring that, we bring the chosen out. But secular media is just, pounding it like it's there's just it's pumping out movie after movie that is just great like seriously good so i just don't really see a path forward because this has been going on for a long time i disagree okay 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 so i guess (laughs) why hasn't it happened yet okay how about how about this what are let's go theology here first what are big thing, big acts of love built off of? Big acts of love built off of little acts of love. If we're going like Saint Therese here, okay, right? The little ball, the little ball. I figured you the best ball. So first off, I think sometimes we tend to lose because what it sounds like is a loss of hope, right? We tend to lose hope when we look at the big mountain to climb is like, how the heck am I going to do that? Right. Mm -hmm. In the end, this is, this is when it comes to the um, abortion debate and people are like, Oh, like, like legalize or illegalize this. It's like, that's not how we're going to end it. Mm -hmm. Cause in the end, like if, if if like abortion was made illegal today, like there'd be a like massive uproar by half of the country because they'd be like, what the heck? Like this is Mm -hmm. this. And um, it would be massive conflict. And then, it would just be like, okay, maybe every like different presidential election cycle, like this, 
at this point, then this would be, you know, abortion would be allowed. And then if this person was in, then it wouldn't be allowed. Like abortion, the abortion problem is going to be changed when we stop saying, hey, politicians fix it. And when we get out on the front lines and are like, hey, like this is, you know, like we're actually here for you. And then we start affecting the conversation in our everyday lives. The thing is, everybody in their communities have to do that. But taking personal responsibility is not what everybody wants to do. Um, But uh, to to almost do this analogically, like sometimes the, the problem in all media, Christian secular media, we focus too much on the numbers. Oh, definitely. The one mentality that I had that I started with, I've never been perfect in Catholic media, but the one mentality I had that I started with that I'm glad I started with and have tried to maintain whenever I do my own projects is like, as like, yes, you typically, you want to get as many people watching your content or listening to your content as possible. Sure. But if you have that mentality, if you take it too far, you focus on like getting more numbers. Mm-hmm not affecting more souls. My mentality when I first started with Catholic YouTube was like, hey, this probably isn't going to go anywhere because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but maybe like one person really will find something I said helpful. And it'll stick with them well, for the rest of their lives. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe that'll happen. And I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something. Mm-hmm. So if that happens, it's all been worth it. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I think what we have to do is focus in a similar way when, when we're doing things in Catholic media, it's like, okay, like, sure, we are way behind secular media. Secular media has almost a grip on society, mm-hmm. sure. But we're focusing on like, man, how like how do I loosen that grip right now? Then we're going to drive ourselves into a hole and we're going to lose hope because it's like, yeah, like there's nothing you can do right now. This has to be a process. This has to be a, okay, like if I have, if I'm doing, you know, if, if I'm a young person doing like Catholic YouTube or a Catholic podcast, like how can I improve what I'm doing now to reach one more person in a deep and meaningful way? Yeah. You know, what's that next little thing I can do? What's that next little thing I can do? Everybody has that mentality. What's that next little thing I can do? And we take all those little things and we will build up eventually to that culture changing shift. Like we already have examples of a little bit more than little things with um, say father Mike ha- having videos that are like, Oh my gosh, this really helped me. Like you go through comments in some of those videos and it's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. One of the, one of the videos I'm happiest that I ever made wasn't something that had a lot of edit as much as I appreciate quality and media. Uh, it wasn't very like craftfully edited. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, um, ex- like huge. It was a video I made on dealing with death as a Catholic because in, in my personal life, like I, I know some people that have lost like maybe one grandparent and maybe like a friend, like they haven't dealt with death like a lot in their, in their younger lives. Um, <laughs> I have, I've lost, like, thank God I haven't lost either of my parents or my sister. Um, but I've lost a decent amount of both friends and relatives in my short 23 years, De- a pretty decent amount of people mm-hmm. uh, in my life. There, there was one period in my life where it was like as a kid where it was like, this I, I want to say that. something like six within six years, like seven people that I cared about passed away. Yeah. And Relatable. it was like more, more than a little bit more than once a year. And that was, that was, that's brutal. That was really hard. Yeah. Um, and so I talked about some of that and some of how I was feeling and it was a little bit personal and you know, opening up like that. And, um, reading some of the comments of those was just like, yeah, this is, 
this is why you do what you do. Yeah. Because like some of those people were just like so incredibly like touched by what I was saying and just like, hey, like, you know, it's not, you know, you keep thinking, hey, you, you're going to be able to like, you're focusing on like, I got to be able to move on. You're not going to move on. Like those people meant something to you. Mm-hmm. Like you're not just going to, you're not just going to be able to forget them. And like, you're not supposed to be able to forget them. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest pet peeves I have is when people at old, whether it's old ladies or whoever is a funeral, like, Oh, don't worry. They're in a better place now. That doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. They're <laughs> in a better place now, but I truly loved and care for them. And when you're saying, Hey, like, don't, don't, uh, don't worry don't about feel it. Bad. Yeah. Because it's like, no, like negative emotion, like negative emotions aren't necessarily a bad thing. They are. If you let it control your life. But like, there's a place to let your heart just hurt because that's how it heals. Yeah. You have to yeah. let it hurt to let it heal. And, uh, but anyway, like I, when I went through all of this in a video, like I had more comments in that than any other video I think I'd ever been a part of that were just like, this helped me in a deep and profound way. And if that's all I ever did, if I had never done anything in Catholic media from that point, and I hadn't been sitting down here, like just doing that alone was completely worth it. Yeah. And with the more, but like at the same time, you don't necessarily want to say, okay, now I've given my, I, I don't want to have the mentality of I given my piece. So I'm done now, mm-hmm. but like just focus on the next little thing, whether it's making that video about death or making that video of something you struggle with that you think other people would be helped with, or that video of you see a problem in the culture and you have a specific way that helped you with or it. Or it could eventually or, be a movie or something. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it is, like keep contributing your little things to the mm-hmm. best of your possible ability. And we, we keep gathering those things together. We keep changing one individual heart at a time Mm -hmm. and that's how we start to impact the culture am i saying it's necessarily going to happen it's hard to tell that because like we can talk about these things but unless every individual person does their little things it's -hmm. hard to say but it's also a ripple effect because once you have one little thing you know it goes because like you know going off of like what you're saying it's like you know the passion most people watch that every single year. You it's know, true. it's like yep. it might just be one movie that was put out there, but it's like we watch that continuously and it still has an impact, you know. And so, again, it's like you have exactly my mentality and you guys hear this from me all the time about doing the little things and simple things. But that really is, you know, it really is about the little things because then it just ripple effects and it and it goes further. Because even if it was just one, even if it was like, a, you know. A, a small encounter with a secularist who then ends up being able to make, you know, an amazing film or, you know, because it's not also about like you were saying the big things. It doesn't have to be crazy films. It doesn't have to be, you know, whatever else. Like who cares if, you know, the most popular films or whatever else or, you know, secularists have a huge hold, at least it seems like, like there's still hope. There's still little things in, that we're able to do. And like, I would guarantee that, you know, maybe that one video or maybe the passion or whatever else is going to have a much long last, like much longer lasting impact on somebody than like the next best, you know, secular movie that comes out. Like you might be able to quote the lines from it, but it's not going to really resonate with you as like maybe just one thing did. We have to have hope because yeah. even if we don't end up changing the culture and say everything goes to pot and one day long in the future or short in the future, however it works out, you know, we're back to persecution um people are being killed um we have to have hope because if if that one person if the lord uses something either we do or somebody else's do that one person comes to christ through that it's it was worth all it. worth it that's what matters it's worth it oh definitely. i wanted to pivot a little bit um 
Catholic YouTube. Yes. And your opinions on Catholic YouTubers. And I'm once again thinking like, okay, well, who has the biggest audience? Um, you know, St. Paul Center and Dr. Hahn, Word on Fire with Bishop Barron, um, Matt Frad, Pines of the Aquinas. Mm-hmm. Taylor Marshall um, too, right? Taylor, Taylor Marshall's huge. Church militants, <laughs> enormous. Um, where do you think we're at with Catholic YouTube? Yeah, so uh, Catholic YouTube is a, is at an interesting place. I think originally Catholic YouTube was run a lot by people in my kind of area where I think a lot of Catholic organizations never took YouTube seriously until those of us that were doing Catholic YouTube started doing something that's like, oh, okay, like there's, there's, hmm. there might be something to this. Um, but then they uh, some places had the money and were able to get certain better things and you know made things work or whatever. Um, as far as as far as quality, um, I think the one thing Catholic media does need to keep in mind, or Catholic YouTube needs to keep in mind, that you always need to be trying to improve and do like to make something different. Um, for instance, uh, I'm a, I'm going to make a big assum- sort of big assumption here, but you guys have seen the YouTube channel Dude Perfect. Yes, yeah, I love Dude okay, Perfect. Right? Oh yes. my god, I watch them all the time. <laughs> and they started off with they start off with what trick shot videos. Trick shot. Right? That's their, that's their signature. But did they stay with trick shot videos as their only form? No. They started doing what? Stereotype videos? Stereotypes, right? yeah. And it started and then, with overtime. Yeah, overtime, yeah. And overtime was key because the key with YouTube is not subscriptions, even though subscriptions are good. It's not likes, even though likes are good. It's not comments, even though comments are good. And all three of those have their purpose. Like the way that you get more YouTube views is watch time. Yeah. Because people, when YouTube started, like people would make like 10 second videos with super clickbaity titles. And then, like, the video was, like, a 10-second still shot of somebody's kitchen. And it was like, well, this is dumb. But the video had a clickbait title and it got, like, a million views. So YouTube was like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. So, like, the longer somebody watches a video, especially with attention spans being short, mm-hmm. the longer somebody watches a video, the more watch time there is. It's like, okay, like, this person, like, there's something really quality about this video that makes this person want to watch it. Therefore, mm-hmm. we're going to take our algorithm and make it promote this video uh, in these areas to mm-hmm. these people that like these type of videos over others, right? Um and so the key with the thing I love about overtime is those videos are like 20, 30 minutes long. Yeah, they are. And usually you think of a 20, 30 minute long YouTube video and be like, eh, I don't know if I'm watching that. Every single time overtime gets uploaded, I want to watch it. And even if I can't at the moment, later on I'll be like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm it's good. Sure I watch it's just that pure entertainment it's the whole time. great. Right? It's great. And so that's 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 the key with that. So I think uh, with, with Catholic YouTube, as far as that goes, do perfect is dude perfect is a good example of like hey let we have to keep figuring out what's the what how we can uh, continue to grow and improve and catholic media sometimes does this good thing of getting templates which is good uh where it's like okay we'll do this thing we're familiar with this and we can like have this talk at this point and do do this thing catholic catholic youtube has to now take the next because some places have done really well with that um Shout out my guy, Matt Frab, because I do some on the side work for him as well. And he's nice. also a great dude. I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with him, mm-hmm. but like, great dude. Great yeah. dude. Love mm-hmm. him. Um, his family's great too. Um, so like, great dude. Um, but just <laughs> Catholic YouTube in general, um, a lot of them have like great shows. Um, Matt have some great looking stuff in, in, that, in, in that studio. The... Um, that Cameron from um, Capturing Christianity helped him set up. Great, great looking stuff in there. Um, Ascension Presents with Father Mike. Has, like He talks about some really relevant stuff. Um, I've never watched Taylor Marshall. Obviously, it's pretty controversial. Not a big fan of Michael Voris. Um, 
personally, uh, that that's a whole other topic um, in and of itself. But I think in general, Catholic YouTube, the, the places that have made it work, the, the next step is like, okay, we've got this thing that's working uh, and we have a good, a good following. What's the new either show or element that we can add that continues to <clears throat> propel us forward? That's not just doing the same cookie cutter thing we've been doing, even though it's good. What's the thing we can add to that? Because, you know, it, like it's not bad to learn from secular media as far as like strategy. Like, yeah, if we can take something that's not immoral that they're doing and apply it to something that is good, tr- that is even more good, true and beautiful, like we should do that. Like we almost have an obligation to do that. Yeah. So actually St. JP2 tells us that we are <laughs> obligated as, yeah, communication majors. Um, so we, I think those Catholic YouTube channels that are starting to, that have started to do really well, that have got like tens or tens of thousands of subscribers or even past a hundred thousand subscribers. Um, in some cases past 500,000 subscribers, like the next step they need to take is like, Hey, what's the, what's the different element we can add to this? That again, according to what we were saying earlier of finding things that are very relatable to people that speak to them in their specific area. How can we take that next thing? Hmm. It's one of the things I really liked what we were doing with new Catholic generation, where we had different kinds of videos where we had, um, different skit videos that sometimes were more almost, or sometimes more for the kids, but for the younger audience that just let you like sit back and laugh without being disrespectful. But then we had panel discussions that had a sit almost like this of sitting down and talking about things or reaction videos where we take specific content and one by one react to it. Like there were different ways of doing things. Um, and we had different kinds of videos just to start off. Um, I really wish we could have continued to go further with that. Cause I think the sky would have been the limit for it. Um, if we, you know, if, if it wasn't just essentially like a side project in the sense of the amount of time that we all had. Uh, but like, I think that's the general, to, to answer your question, to finally shut up. <laughs> no, <laughs> great. Uh, it, that's what we need to, we need to be like, okay, this works. And not just but be like, a stick in the mud with it and be and ready not to just, keep yeah. Not just keep be going. so used to, because I mean, in the end, that's what God calls us to in our spiritual lives, right? Whenever we get comfortable with one thing, even if it's a good thing, he's like, okay, how do I call you deeper? How do I call you further? <clears throat> we got to have that mentality in Catholic media as well. In the same way that God calls us to go deeper in our spiritual lives, we have to be like, okay, how, how do I need to go deeper in quality in this to further promote the message of the gospel. What would the world look like if it was a complete opposite Catholic media, Christian media was in complete dominance mm. and secular media was just like almost irrelevant. World. <laughs> what would it look like? Seriously, what would the world look like? It would just, it would be media at that point. That was my point about the assumption, right? Like when Michelangelo is making his art, is it Catholic art? I mean, yeah, because he's Catholic, but it's it's art, like because it's assumed the whole society assumes it at that point, right? Yeah. So that's where I'm my kind of qualm with like Christian media, Catholic media, or whatever is. Mm-hmm. We're like it's like you're either making it an argument already, or and that would be to non-Christians, or you're kind of pandering to Christians. Mm-hmm. It's like you've just desig- you've just kind of blown your argument. Whereas like Tolkien, it's just it's art, and you know it's art. Yeah. But it's Catholic art. And when, okay, it's also, not stupid art. <laughs> yeah, when you look at the Pieta, you know, Michelangelo's masterpiece in the Vatican, and uh, you're looking at it, I'm not consciously thinking, wow, this is Catholic art. Yeah, I'm just thinking this is, this is utterly insane yeah. and it's yeah. of a religious thing. Right. Right. And in the same way, um, yeah, it's just assumed. It's, it's what we do. If, if that was the thing, it would just be people making art 
and it's yeah. Catholic because that's their whole worldview. That's their whole life. That's yeah. Right, and that's I think, what they are. I think going off of that too, there's beauty to find like in the world. There's beauty to like, it's, it's funny how you put that stereotype like, oh, things are worldly. Like there's still beauty in the world. Like I was reading Dante and, um, and great, great point. Great, Dante. And Dante, <laughs> like, you know, so his re- relationship with, uh, Beatrice, say or how are we Beatrice. saying whatever same damn difference. <laughs> you can't mess that up okay you know what anyways but like their relationship was so beautiful i'm actually gonna be writing a paper about this next week so this is help nice. um but um their relationship was so beautiful and like but she was a woman she wasn't god you know but it's cool because like her love and the love between them was able to bring dante closer and to see that beauty, like, of the Lord and everything else. And so it's, like, I, I would say the same thing for, like, yeah, there's still beauty to be found in, like, in what we have in front of us. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's also the issue that, you know, maybe some Christian media creators have. It's, like, we're so focused on being, like, see as God, like, see him, you know, like, in heaven or, like, whatever else. Like, it has to come directly from him. But it's, like, he can come through things that are right in front of us. And, like, I think that's why it's so good with, like, the little things or, you know, whatever else. It's just, like, yeah, I mean, the impact that would have if, you know, everything was more Christian because the media does have quite a hold. But it's, like, we yeah, we're able to see that elsewhere. You know, there's there's a much wider range in having confidence in what that beauty is because, like, you confidence, know. Confidence, like, yeah. Yeah, it's all down to the confidence because it's, like, when you when you look at these beautiful art things – you're just in awe and you're just like, holy cow, because it's captivating. It's beautiful. And then mm. you're like, that's, it's almost like the tunnel that's going to lead you to the Lord. Because it's like, you look at that, it's so captivating because it's beautiful, kind of like marriage, art, anything. And you're just in awe of it and it's so captivating. And then you realize like who created it, what's behind it. You know, but if it's like, if you don't have that beauty of the art first, then how are you going to, you know, have Let me take that another particular one. A Man for All Seasons, mm. that movie. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Man yeah, so about seasons. Thomas More. Okay. Have, have you seen it? I, I don't think I have, actually. About who? I think Man it's Dr. Hans' favorite movie. Thomas actually. More? I think you mentioned that. Uh, oh, no, it's Peter Craig's favorite movie. Yeah, A Man for All Seasons. Uh, so it's about, do you know the story of Thomas More? The Saint? Yeah, yeah, yeah named Moore. after the hall. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, he's named after the hall now. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Uh, okay. Moving yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Um, oh so gosh. yeah, sorry. What was it? It was Henry the eighth, right? So commanded, um, that he was the head of the church of England and that everyone had to swear an oath of fidelity to him, uh, the King rather than to the Pope that he was the head of the church. Uh, Thomas More was a, a lawyer and was, had a high, high office. Was he, ch- no, I'm, I'm mixing that with Beckett. Um, but had a high office and he had to swear the oath. But obviously, as a Catholic, he couldn't swear the oath. And so, A Man for All Seasons follows, is the story of his life. It was a play first and then a, a, a fantastic movie. Mm. And um, follows him, his life. He eventually gets brought into court and they make all these demands of him. They say, you just need to, you need to swear the oath. And he says, I can maintain my silence and you have to take that as agreeing with what, what you're doing, right? In English law. And eventually they don't accept it and he's going to be beheaded. And they even try and send his family to him to like tell him just to sign it and all this stuff. And it's just, he has this line, you know, if we, um, if we break our oaths, not a shred of Christianity will remain. 
Um, you know, we must obey God rather than men and stuff. And it's just like, it's so powerful, but it is a work of art primarily. And it assumes Catholicism in it. And it's deeply rootedly Catholic, but that's that whole thing. It's not, it's not throwing it in your face the whole time. It's just a compelling story. Like the, the lives of the saints are not meant just to be arguments. They're meant to be like inspiration. They're compelling in them in and of themselves. Oh, you don't need to like add some flavor to it. Just show it, you know, like, and they were like, same with the, uh, just like, the, the Christ yeah, book, like the know? power of accepting beheading or like the power of saying, all right, you can, I'll get eat live, eaten alive by lions. I'm fine with that. Like who, who or in the 21st century would say, you're going to get, you're going to get mauled by lions. Sure. All right. Or St. Lawrence, good. who's like, all right, flip me over. Like, what? <laughs> I'm literally burned to a crisp on this side. Just flip me over. I'm ready. It's like, who? Nobody has the courage to say that anymore. So the inspiration is amazing. This is why one of my favorite parables is the parable of the Pearl of the Great Price. Hmm. Because when you look at that parable, it's one of the most ridiculous <clears throat> sounding ones of any parable. Like, the others make sense. Like, okay, like the seeds were like... When the seeds were sown on like bad ground, like they didn't grow and they were on good ground, they did. Like, okay, that makes sense, mm. right? Um, prodigal son, like it, once he left and then everything kind of went to pot and then came to his senses. Like it was a very human thing to do. It is not a very human thing <laughs> to be like, you know what? Instead of like a roof over my head, food to eat, like the ability to live, I'm going to go find a little bead in the in a field and I'm going to give up everything for that little for that little bead that people say is worth a lot. That makes no sense whatsoever. No. Um but because it has so much actual value and that's what Christ is trying to get at it's like yeah it seems absolutely insane to probably everybody else around you and your family is texting you like, what the frick is wrong with you? <laughs> like <laughs> you sold everything you have for this little diamond? You sure about this? Um, my parents with me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, the thing you, you just don't, we don't always understand. It, it can't always be seen or understood, but like that, which is beautiful is still worth so much more. And mm. that's, and again, that's it brings them. you closer to like that beauty. And that's again, going right back to like having confidence in that beauty, knowing what that beauty is. And like, you know, letting it be captivating because like you don't have to do that much. Just use what's already there. Like, again, I think that's what the chosen does so well is they're just using what's there and that's enough. Mm -hmm. And it's so captivating as it is. Don't try and butter it up or take it because it ends up taking away from what the beauty actually was. And so that's what I hope will continue. Um, It's just focusing on what that beauty is and by, you know, whether putting it to media or whatever else, making it more available to other people to be able to be captivated by it. I think that's the thing, too, it. is I feel like in Catholic media, we we have the content, mm-hmm. but we just don't have the ability for it to get reached to people. Imagine that if we had and I think we do these all these captivating stories. Maybe the reason why it's not as successful as secular media is because we don't have the means to actually reach it to the people. Like, think about if we had all these things. Or the confidence that it's actually beautiful. Yeah. If we were able to, wow, able to yeah, reach right. that, if, mm-hmm. we had, if we had the confidence that it was beautiful, so many people would be moved by it. Because we honestly but maybe do we just have don't the ha- means. We do we, have we, the means. But, we just don't do anything about it. I yeah. think, again, it comes down to the confidence <clears throat> that it's actually beautiful because we doubt that. Because the secular whatever is trying to convince us that there's beauty in things that aren't actually beautiful. And so if we actually are like, 
wow, this is very different for us to actually have confidence and that truth and beauty is actually beautiful. That would just, I mean, that would do a whole world of a difference, you know, but it's like, again, it's the fear aspect and not having confidence in it is what it really comes down to because we're like, we doubt the beauty that's actually there, you know, and the impact that I can, and it can actually have. It's such a dog eat dog world though. I feel like media and just creating movies and all these different things because you have critics, right? You have really, I hate rotten tomatoes. <laughs> They're just so harsh. Like, and some other, I don't know what another one is, but the, do you hear about the new movie that came out? Uh, Clouds, right? Oh my gosh. With it's horrible. Zach Sobiek. It's horrible. Oh, I, I didn't think heard. it was that bad. I mean, mm-hmm. but well, what do I know? But it was, it was, I mean, it was compelling. I thought at the very end, it was really cool. And Rotten Tomatoes just gave it like a 50 or something. And I'm just like, maybe I don't really know. Skip it? It wasn't like a that's the thing I like 70 about or 80. It was like an 80, wasn't that's it? The thing 70 I like or 80. about Rotten Tomatoes is they have like a critic score, but they also have the audience. The score. audience score. Yeah. My, I think it was higher. It was like a 90 or something. 80 or 90. Okay. I don't know. It definitely, in my opinion, wasn't that great, but we don't have to go down that train. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, um, yeah. Any other like, so Man for All Seasons, we talked about Silence. Any other like killer Christian movies you go back to? Have you ever seen The Scarlet and the Black? Ooh. No, I have not. What's that one? I'm pretty sure I'm horrible with names of things, but I'm how, sure. how is it, it was recent made in or the early eighties? It's an no, older okay. film. Yeah. But it was a Hollywood film and it was mm-hmm. about, it was based off a, a book. I think it was called the Scarlet Pimpernel or something like that, but it's about this, this priest father, father of Flaherty who uh, it's, it's Nazi occupation in Rome. And at this point, like the story, like when you're using uh the Nazis as an antagonist. It's a little bit overused in films nowadays, but in the early eighties, I don't think if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't as overused. I wasn't born then. I feel like it wouldn't be. It it wasn't as overused at least as it is now. Um, But this was specifically talking about the underground operation that father of had going on in Rome to save prisoners of war and the Jewish people from the Nazis that were, you know, taking over. It has Christopher Plummer in it as the main Nazi antagonist, which is weird seeing him in the sound of music being like so anti and then that's true. Yeah, playing that's this like commander uh-huh. and, and but like he's he's like there's this cat and mouse game of him trying to figure out who's in charge of and then kind of figuring mm-hmm. out it's O'Flaherty, but like Father O'Flaherty is like this uh he's right under the Pope, so he can only like do so much. And the whole white line, uh, I don't know if you remember, if you've seen or remember the, the white line they painted in front of the Vatican to dictate, like, this is where Vatican territory starts and this is where, like, Italy starts. Um, but it was almost like, it was this kind of thing, it was like, is it used to, like, say, oh, German soldiers can't come in here? Or is it saying, okay, like, this is how far you can go, Vatican, like, Catholics. Um, it's this great story of Father of Flaherty, like, trying to save these people. Uh, but then this back and forth between him and Christopher Plummer and then eventually like him, Christopher Plummer being like, if you step forward, step foot outside the Vatican, you'll be arrested on site. Um, and him having to sneak out in these different ways, almost Miguel pro style. Wow. And uh, it's great, great story uh, in a lot of ways. I think my only qualm with it is like, sometimes I like how they did Pius Twelfth, but sometimes I'm not as much of a fan of it. But like for Hollywood films that typically get very little right when it comes to Catholicism, I think they got a lot right as far mm-hmm. as it goes, even if not everything. Random question. This might be a little, I don't know. I always ask weird questions. But what would you say in regards to like, I don't know, like Braveheart or 
different like quality movies. Like they're not yeah. necessarily like you know Lord of the Rings. There is got, a Christian message in it. Yeah, though. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I like, get what you're saying. Because I was wondering about that too. Because there's definitely like for example like there's other popular movies. I really like this one called I think it's called The Upside. And like while it definitely has some like different you know things that aren't that great, but again it's not shedding it in a positive light. It's not saying this is good. But it's like, do you think that things can have a positive impact and like in a sense be kind of Christian, even though it's not like an actual Christian like director sure. or whatever else, but it's like, you know, does it have to be strictly Catholic or strictly Christian to still have that same impact? Absolutely not. Yeah. No, I to- yeah. I totally agree on that. Um, I think even as far as to take it a step further, I think um even stuff that doesn't intend to have a Christian message where we can find something good out of it. Mm-hmm. Every, like <laughs> e- Sorry. Or even, even, even further than that, every falsehood in order to have any sort of traction has to have some truth mm-hmm. in its basis. Even something as horrible as Satanism believes that Satan exists, which is a small truth. That's, you know, even though yeah, there's like, yeah. like little, the smallest, smallest, even though it's a very small bit of truth, um, there has to be some bit of truth in everything in order for anybody to believe it. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe that. Um, so when we watch media, uh, we have like in, in general, like it's always good to be like, Hey, what can, what is the good thing that's happening here that I can learn from? Sometimes it's a lot, sometimes it's a little, but especially if we can find things that we can learn from and apply in an even greater sense I think we can always like that. That's always important to do so, even in the more extreme senses, but also in those ones that are just like, "Hey, like this is Lord of the Rings or whatever." And it's like we're confident enough in this story. I think that that, that what that mm-hmm. speaks to me is confidence. We're confident enough in this story and what it's supposed to be that we don't feel the need to jam it down your throat like right at the very beginning. And be like, eat all of this now. Um, uh, it's like it's like no, like let the story be told. Right? Yeah. Have confidence in that. And do it in an artistic way that speaks that that speaks to people through their heart, not through their ears from your mouth directly. Mm-hmm. Right, okay, this is a even weirder question, but I think it's actually a good one to ask. So, like coming from a military family and homeschooled mm-hmm. family, yada yada, that has strict parents, like right. Yeah. My mom was always super strict on being like, "Don't watch SpongeBob. Don't watch like Harry Potter. Don't watch this." No, no, no. Okay, shut up. But <laughs> I love you all, but no. Um, but like, I just remembered like what? when, when we, no, 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 no. Wait, but, wait, you can't just mention you, you can't just, no, 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 no. just back no, 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 no. it up. No, no, no. But you, okay, listen to my point. Cause okay. you, okay. But get railed for this Ashley. later. No, 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 no. But seriously though. So, okay. Sorry. Y'all are idiots. Come on. Go ahead. No, but, um, shut up, Mayan. Okay. No, but like, okay. So these different movies that like my mom used to be. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Continue. Continue. Um, <laughs> I regret everything. Okay, we're okay. supposed to stop. No, but seriously, stop. because ahead, like, yeah. okay, so you have these different movies, right? Like my mom used to be super strict about all of these different things to watch. But in my perspective, I was like, like you were saying, there's always good and like, there's always truth in everything. And like, granted, there's a balance. But like, what do you think like in, res- in regards to us, like us consumers of the media, like there's always good to like be seen in it. But what's the balance of like, okay, you have something like, I forget the show you mentioned. The SpongeBob. <laughs> Stupid oh, ass. What show? No, the oh, Garden. No, 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 no. The 
Dag Nam, but I forget what it was. The very, seasons? Something? No, the really sexual one you guys were talking about. Oh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, that was so massive. That and was, it was just so, so massive. But it's yeah. like, okay, so there's obviously, I mean, yeah, it, there's, it was, yeah. To drive right. my point across, so like, there's obviously a balance, right? Like, you know, there's good to be seen in everything. But like, you know, the perspective that, you know, right. some people have of like, whether it's people who are sheltered or whether it's people who are super like strict and Catholic or whatever. But it's like, what is the balance between like, okay, there's good to see in this and there's beauty. Like, for example, Lord of the Rings or, you know, maybe, I mean, that's more Catholic. But in in films like, for example, Braveheart, that wasn't necessarily like a Catholic film. There is still, there's, again, that beauty that's there. It's such a beautiful film um, or even the upside or whatever else. And it's like, there's you see the goodness and you see the good morals that are there, but what's, what would you say is the line right? between sure. like, okay, there's goodness in this, but there's more like bad. And there's almost more like, let's twist. Cause the devil does this. He's, mm-hmm. he works the same way. He's never going to tempt you with something that doesn't have a bit of good in it because why would you choose it? Yeah, you know? And so, yeah. so in regards to films though, because the devil works in that as well. Sure. Like what is the line? Would you say between like, being you know having these certain things like game of thrones or whatever which really doesn't have much goodness in it at all right um but for so many people found it found it exciting and like desirable to watch yeah again what's that line between like okay there's good to see in this but there's more things that are not good um and like great and being able to see them before you answer just really quick i just want to clarify i think what you're trying to get at is like okay braveheart has a lot of good messages but then again there's nudity in it Right. No, no, no. But like, but, but, but like you're saying, I think what you're saying, right. Is like, there is good messages in this movie, but also there's concrete things that shouldn't be there. I mean, not necessarily. Cause I think overall, like everything that movie that was in that, I would argue should be in the movie. Like, I'm not saying anything from that movie, but I don't, I I'm, don't know enough about the movie, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't by a Catholic or a Christian who created right, it. I right. could be wrong. Mel Gibson's Catholic, and oh, he's the main character. That's true. That's, <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Maybe I'm thinking of a few other ones, but there's like a, you know, I'm just using that as an example, as sure. like a good movie, Anyways, right? I, yeah, what were you going to say? We'll throw it but, to Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question because just because you can learn something from everything doesn't mean you should be watching it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And figuring out where that line is is important. Um, I think you and I were talking, was it this past Saturday? Yeah. And uh, talking about how you and I were both homeschooled and how we know that you know people stereotype homeschoolers in a, in a certain way. Uh, but if you've been around <clears> a homeschool <throat> group, <laughs> I won't get in the middle of that one. But <laughs> um, if you've been in like a pretty large group of homeschoolers, um, like we have, you know, that some, like the, there is actually a range to this where there are some <laughs> people who are just like, okay, you do fit the stereotype that some people have. Yes. And then other people, it's like, are you sure you're homeschooled? <laughs> yeah. Like, Every person that I've met at Franciscan's like super outgoing. That was homeschooled. Right. But, I don't think I've met have one a healthy yeah. medium of it. Yeah. Too. Like some people have a really healthy medium, but like, but there are definitely people on like, are you sure you're homeschooled or you definitely fit the stereotype? Um, oh, that's a good example. And so, uh. Hold on, train of thought crashed and burned. Um, well, happy, the happy. Happens to so much. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Wow, you. <laughs> um, Public no, baby, right? Um, but no, it's having. The, I, I think I see your train of thought. It's like it's having the happy medium because, like, you can have <clears throat> that extreme, like you fit the stereotype, or you know, the extreme good or the extreme bad. But there's that nice, like, 
you know. Right. Well, and then part of the key is figuring out what that is. And that's where that's where I think I'm trying to go because you were asking where you draw the line, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, sure, maybe there is a healthy medium, but where do you draw it? Yeah. Um, and uh, I think with uh, with I can't remember why I was bringing that up. And as, a, as an example, I'll watch this tape over and remember. But <laughs> um, in the in the end, I think you have to think about it this way. There are certain movies that you'd say are okay for adults to watch and not for kids, right? Mm -hmm. And why is that? Well, because for given where they are, there's something in that that could be harmful for them. Even if they could potentially get something good out of her think a joke was funny like there there's something in this movie that whether they wouldn't understand there's still or more whether, damage than good like yeah. they, and and the point isn't that they necessarily that they can't understand it but that it would damage them in some way right and so i think that's 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 that mentality right but i think that just because somebody goes from kid to adult doesn't mean that okay now i'm invincible there are things in film or tv shows whatever it is in media that just because we're adults, it doesn't matter how old you are, they can still be harmful to you, your person, to your soul, mm -hmm. um, to your psyche, to whatever it is. And sometimes there's a line even there where some people might not be as much and some people might be more. For example, um, for the long, you guys are familiar with the TV show Friends? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I, I have, I've never watched like all of it. My opinion on it is basically is very conflicting in the sense of the character development in that is insane, uh, like insanely good. Like, whoa, like you, you care about these characters, like their chemistry with each other is incredible. But like, it's also like they're they're talking about promoting sex like half the time in a very in a way that's very like, guys, come on. Yeah. Um, so it's very conflicting in, in that sense because there's a lot of good, but also a lot of like, ah, you're pushing a cultural agenda that is literally wrecking everything. Um, so like, like with that, I hadn't seen Friends for a very long time. I had some friends that were very into it. And so I started watching clips of it and I found a lot of it entertaining, but I was also in a place where like, you know, okay, like I'm an adult and like, I know this stuff isn't right. But I also found that after like for a while, I was like, like watching a lot of clips of it on YouTube, like trying to, you know, just find a lot more stuff. And, um, and after a while of watching it, I ended up being like, hold on, there's, there's not a, there's a difference in me, like not a good difference in the way that this is like affecting my mentality, um, with the, with, with the way I'm looking at this, even if I still believe all the things I believe before, because this is sin that's being promoted, mm -hmm. there's a certain negativity towards it. And like, I need to, I need to lay off on like watching clips of these, even though it hasn't changed my necessarily, necessarily mm -hmm. my beliefs. That's the thing I think a lot of people don't think of it. It's like, oh yeah, this isn't going to change my beliefs, but there are sometimes things, ways that things can affect you, even if it doesn't necessarily change how you think. Um, it'll change how you think in a different way. So like yeah. being aware of that for yourself is good. And I think for some people, there are some things that are, in, that are closer to that line where it's like, mm -hmm. okay, for some people, they might be able to watch this that's a little bit more that other people can't take. But then there's also such thing as going so far past the line. It's like, okay, if you think this isn't affecting you, you're deceiving yourself. Yeah, so and right on the line, the Cal and Alex show. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll we'll wrap it at that. We're at two hours, but um oh thanks for coming yeah. on Joe. It goes by fast. It's been wonderful. It? Yeah, I know. It run very fast. Man, what didn't we cover? Yeah. We had <laughs> a lot of movies. Football. Oh all fair we definitely will. Um fair enough. A Patriots fan, but from Florida. That's a whole different other story. It doesn't story. make any sense. But, uh, but we're going to wrap it up for that. Joe, thanks for coming on. Thanks, it Joe. This is a great time, guys. Lost awesome. it. Yeah. Peace, guys.